Welcome to the Speakeasy, the officially unofficial podcast for Boardwalk Empire on HBO. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we're discussing episode 507, uh, season 5, episode 7, titled Friendless Child. Uh, a lot of controversy over this one, I think. It, when you get close to the end of a series, everything has to be exactly how people want it or they're going to freak. Yeah, and it's it's funny because I feel like historically that's not that's been the um anomaly that a season ends where everyone's satisfied because you know most seasons either get canceled yeah. they, they go so long they're not ratings anymore so they get canceled after everyone quit caring about it mm-hmm. or they try to um end things in a satisfying manner and they don't quite you know please all the fans or you know something goes off the rails but i feel like We've been lucky in that Breaking Bad crushed it. I think True Detective crushed it. Fargo crushed it. A lot of shows have been that we cover and we actually give a shit about are wrapping up and uh, they're just very wildly successful. Sure. Um, So I did very strongly did not like this episode. The first time I watched it, um, you know, is after a long weekend at the Walker Stalker Con, uh, lots of driving. it i was tired i was cranky i was kind of like looking forward <laughs> to this to kind of buoy my spirits and it slammed to me and i remember mm-hmm. my first reaction to the granite state uh the breaking bad episode which i don't want to get into much spoilers but it's kind of the long dark tea time of the soul episode and it felt very different than the rest of it and and my reaction was just visceral i mm-hmm. i just didn't want to believe walt was this venial that this he's this vain he's this much of a just irrepentant bastard uh-huh. uh and and, uh, and impotent and it was not fun for me to watch and it made me feel depressed and that made me think that the show's quality was not there and i started kind of getting gripped up oh god i'm wondering if i'm not having a similar and a lot of other people are having a hmm. similar reaction to this because I didn't want to believe Nucky was this big of a dick, a bastard. Yeah. I didn't want to believe I, I you know, I knew there are certain historical facts that had to be observed, but I didn't want to believe that Nucky just rolled over on his belly, wet himself, put his tail between his legs, got on his knees in front of Lucky Luciano. After all the times he's had Lucky Luciano a gun to his head. He's had Meyer Langsky kneeling in front of a ditch with a gun to his head. He's had these fuckers in the palm of his hands. He could have crushed them. And all this, sh- these chickens have come home to roost. I, I, sure. I and, 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 and the, the, the big thing is, is I'm supposed to, I guess, feel like he's set up for a redemption arc to maybe save Jillian, a character that I kind of loathe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm very sympathetic to her after this episode. But the person she is now is a terrible person. Yeah, she got she got pretty fucked up along the way. Uh, so there's no so that's what I'm saying is like it's almost like what's the best scenario here? Is he going to rescue Jillian, who's still crazy by the way, mm-hmm. who's still a danger to herself and society, um, and then get back with Margaret? And I'm going to like cheer. I'm just scared, man. So. You you say that Jillian is still crazy. Uh, she's we've always said that she's not crazy in the way that she needs to be locked up with these people who are clearly, obviously stark raving mad. 
She's not uh, like a paranoid schizophrenic, but yeah. she sucks. Ba- but she is being driven to that at this point, and and you start to feel for her, especially given the the what we see of her childhood here. How she was basically was an orphan. She sure. had nobody guiding her. Uh, she turned to this life of thievery, and then even the people who were trying to help her, she couldn't trust anymore. And you know, it, it's. A rough thing for a 12-year-old girl. We know what's going to happen with the Commodore uh-huh. and everything, uh, so that gets even hairier. And you can you can start to see all the pieces that fell into place here for Jillian to make her who she is, and I think it does make her more sympathetic. Like, I've, I've loathed that character for a very long time because maybe partially I didn't understand her motivations well enough. But still... Like, why does she glom on... Why, why does she fuck her son? Why does she... Yeah. Uh, manipulate everyone around her why does she do these things well we're it, granted it's two episodes before the end of the series but we started to get a glimpse of that and i think sure. that made her in my mind a more sympathetic character and probably was the best part of this episode for me I, and again i don't know where they're finding these child actors but yeah. that little girl yeah especially when they got her cleaned up with the, uh, and her hair was clean and she's in a dress was Jillian reborn. I mean, yeah. the man, the, the very peculiar prickly, uh, polite, passive aggressive speech patterns mm-hmm. nailed. Like how many takes did it take to get some of that shit? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe we should, uh, so I didn't have as much of a problem as this episode, uh, huh. as you did. Maybe we should get into the recap and we can talk a little bit more in detail about yeah. what we thought about the scenes. Before we did that, I wanted to give props to – because, I, I, again, I don't think there was any issue with the writing or directing. There was some fantastic shots and some fantastic scenes in the dialogue, mm-hmm. as always. Especially, I feel like that Luciano this season has really gotten some good ice-cold smack to deliver. He would deliver an ice-cold smack to you if you called him Luciano. It's Luciano. It's Luciano. Oh, well, you know. As said by every character. Ask Martinez. I know. uh, How that goes for you. Um, Anyway, I, fuck, I can't, I I have a hard time with your last name. (laughs) Jones? Jones is a pretty easy one. Johns, right? Jones? Jonas. Jahanes? Uh Um, It's written by Ricardo de de Loreto, which I probably butchered. Who is a writer producer with seven credits to his name, but it's their weird stuff. Um, He's a producer for a bunch of HBO show documentaries. He did one for True Blood uh, called A New Type, a a TV movie documentary, uh, The Wire, The Last Word, The uh, The Wire, and Odyssey, uh, (laughs) an official Star Wars fan film awards. Um, But he's also got three writing credits. One episode of Boardwalk Empire, he wrote this one, a uh, a short film called TMO in 2002, and in 1997, The South End. So... Not a lot of history there. Christine Chambers, whose sole credit is writer-producer on Boardwalk Empire and an assistant on Sopranos, and then Howard Quarter, which is, you know, we've talked about him a lot. He's had his hand in writing almost all these episodes. He's got, like, 24 writing credits just on this show alone. Mm-hmm. But what's something else I found out in researching is he got a Pulitzer Prize uh, for one of his screenplays, A Boy's Life, in, in 1998, or 1988, rather. Wow. Okay. Uh, directed by Alan uh, Coulter, which... He's... What has he done? Because I felt like there was a different feel in some of the camera work and some of the action scenes in this episode. Well, he's got 11 episodes of Boardwalk Empire, including the early season, The Good Listener. 
Uh, he's done uh, Extant, Ray Donovan, House of Cards, uh, Luck, Law and Order, Sons of Anarchy, Rubicon, Damages, Rome, The Sopranos. He's got 12 episode credits for that. Six Feet Under, Sex in the City, The X-Files, Millennium, all the way back to ABC <laughs> After School Specials in 1991. <laughs> uh, Tales from the Dark Side in 1988. Wow. He's got just a ton of... And it's it's. I like how much variation there is. He's done horror. He's done action. He's done drama. Mm-hmm. Um, a smattering of comedy. And I think the scene that he opened up with... Uh, and this is probably a lot to do with whoever the cinematographer is. But that radio tube warming up... Very cool. And the dials of the radio kind of spinning to life. Yeah. And it, how just warm and awesome that looked. It remind me a little bit of Soderbergh's work on The Nick this mm-hmm. season. Because he does a lot of that with, you know, electrification being a new thing and watching lines power up and, and stuff. And it's kind of fascinating. Electricity porn. A little bit of the, like, a Breaking <laughs> Bad cooking montage, you know. It's like, yeah. turn up the century. Uh-huh. Industry. That's cool. I like that stuff. Electricity moving. Yeah. Um, so a lot yeah. of a lot of really good uh, cinematography in this. I mean, yeah. at the end of this, where where Jillian does her thing, uh, wh- why do you laugh at that? Her appeal to help? You're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. The, with just straight on with the board in, in, in the background, she's mm-hmm. reaching through time asking for help. Yeah. Yeah. It's fan fucking tastic. Uh, there's yeah. I I'm gonna talk about because I thought the way they. The way this guy composed shots yeah. in a lot of these scenes is storytelling in motion. Yeah, I, I don't know if they've always done this, but I, I noticed it in this episode where they're kind of shooting up on these these characters and, you know, conveying how powerful they are, mm-hmm. um, which is surprising considering Nucky's situation this mm-hmm. episode, but they were shooting him from beneath as well. Mm. Uh, I don't know. It, it was just all around really well made. As yep. Boardwalk usually is. Again, I just felt depressed watching it. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about why in the recap, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, oh, yeah, that's me. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what's going on here? Um, so we had the radio tube warming up. We opened with Robert Hodge, who's the USA uh, uh, Southern District New York um, attorney. Uh, mm-hmm. That's who Will Willie William uh, Thompson works for. Talking about that they're going to war. It's not a war against a foreign power, a, a despot. It's a war against an army of hoodlums. And why he's talking that, we get the Godfather going to the mattresses montage. Uh-huh. Lots of black and white photos of mobsters laid out with the, you know their heads all tomato canned. Yeah. And lots of like flashbulb sounds and shutter sounds. And we just, just we go over a huge mob war montage. Uh- and that I, I feel like if we had the 12-episode season, we'd see that. Hmm, and they montaged yeah. about three or four episodes worth of really cool stuff. <laughs> God damn it. Which is another kind of burr in my ass with this episode. Yeah, you might be right about that. But I really like how they did it, um, how, how they showed everybody being so paranoid. Like, yeah. Luciano's getting a, a shave at the barbershop. Somebody opens door the door. Opens he, up. he sits up and yeah. he's taking note. Everybody's doing that. Yeah. Everybody. You know who's not? Bugsy. Bugsy don't give a shit. He's the one that, and I thought that was yeah, the one. Yeah, the guy though, who gets kidnapped. That was the one, in, and Luciano's like, I told you to be careful. Yeah. I'm getting my, I can't yeah. enjoy my shaves no more. And here you go getting <laughs> fucked and getting kidnapped. Yeah, Luciano, you're never going to enjoy a shave again. You're going to be paranoid for as long as you live. How do you trust a person to put a knife, a razor to your throat? I, I don't know. It's like, you know. Uh, if you are who you, who Luciano is. Sure. 
Yeah. Uh, then we, we go- also before we get through this, uh, outstanding, just straight percussion music in this. Oh yeah, I I was really digging the music in this scene and in the there. There's another scene later on where they use the same kind of effect. You know, it's, it's awesome. It's interesting that I felt like that the other scene you're talking about where they're going up to serve a warrant on Maranzano. Yeah. Uh, remind me a lot of some of the scoring and shots from the untouchables. Oh, okay. That kind of like percussive and a little bit reminded me a lot of, uh, Oliver Stone's JFK too. Hmm. That, uh, yeah, I don't remember those well enough to, to remember the music from them. Uh, well, we need to revisit cause I'd watch either one of those at the drop of a hat. Sure. Um, but we, we cut back to, Nucky, who is pissed that between him and Maranzano, they've lost 12 people and over a million dollars. And Maranzano's just, you know, must, must be patient. <laughs> and as as he's counseling patient, uh, Mickey Doyle pops in and says, hey, hey, Nuck, we just got some of our trucks firebombed. $100,000 up in smoke. <laughs> and miraculously doesn't get shot right in the face there. Uh-huh. Uh, we find that Capone has, in fact, cut Nucky loose. Kind of surprising that we didn't get any. Uh, didn't, didn't no Capone get this week. Any Capone? They they actually used uh, they head faked us with our no. desire to have Capone. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how much of the next episode, the final episode, is going to focus on him, if any. I don't. I don't know that any is going to. Is Maranzano the figurative Nero that's watching Rome burn? He does feel like like if if Nucky in Atlantic City can send Gus's grandpa and some faceless mook to snatch one of the three gangsters and hold him hostage, why can't Maranzano with much more manpower do that from New York City? I just feel like they're painting him as just guy who just feels like he's so far above it that this this really can't be any kind of conceivable threat. Yeah, it's weird because those threats from within, you know, as as a gangster, you want to think you know the the family's the most important thing. You don't want to, you know, you don't think that the people in your organization are going to rock the boat like that. So maybe he's just overconfident in his ability to yeah to contain the situation with talk and with. Uh, negotiation? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, as Maranzano's making his exit, uh, Joe comes up, Joe Harper, uh, number nine, as we know him and love him, comes up and says, hey, I've watched your car, I've watched your windows, and this fucker cannot help himself but to make a, oh, the better to see the road ahead. Um, kind of, sure. you know, starts, uh, he's, he's, any, uh, any excuse to start dropping Marcus Aurelius or any other pop bullshit he's got uh-huh. uh and joe uh he offers him some money uh, like i think it was like five buck nice tip for the day and he turns it straight down to hell man uh so they're setting this up uh they are using joe to show us where nucky was to to repeat that pattern uh, nucky's where... the commodore yeah he's trying to zig where that guy zagged exactly joe well so Nucky did the same thing, right? He went and gave the the money and the hat back yes. and said, "I don't want the money. I want the power. I want the right. connections that that are going to make me more money and give me more power in the future." And that's exactly what Joe's doing as well. Right. So I I think it's a really good setup. There are a couple of things here that are that are really good that are setting us up for the end of this episode where Nucky's kind of realizing the mistakes he's made in the past. Yeah, and he's trying to uh rectify it somehow. Or, yeah. or trying to yeah. avoid uh, a repeat of, of, of the future. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, so 
Mickey tries to give Joe a gun. And, uh, you know, like we said, Nucky says, nope, he's not part of this. But he does dispatch Archie and said Faisal Smook to New York to be impetuous. The the shot where he hands him the gun, uh-huh. uh, Nucky's standing directly behind that gun. Is that any indication of his fate? <laughs> <sighs> you think it's Tommy Darvity on his way back to kill Nucky. I didn't. Which... I don't. I didn't know that it was for revenge. I, I, and I don't okay. even know that this is Tommy Darmody at this point. Yeah, I was going to ask you, with one episode left, it's are very... they going to drop that ball and then... Are they going to drop that info and then play it all out in the final episode? And that's the guy that kills him. And well, it's like, yeah, I mean, but so he's going down to save Jillian. Mm-hmm. How would Tommy be in Atlantic City? There is also an interesting talk about uh, where Luciano is talking about that they've got a man inside uh, Nucky's organization. Uh, and maybe this has all been us reading way too much into it, and that Joe Harper is their man inside that is going to assassinate him, but it's not going to be Jimmy, or I'm sorry, Tommy. Could be. I don't know. I just feel like I'm kind of with you. Don't know how long next week's episode is. It could be some 90-minute extravaganza, but it feels like too many moving parts to wrap up the Margaret Mayflower, to wrap up the Jillian Rescue, to wrap up, I feel like they're going to do something with Capone uh-huh. and the final disposition of Nucky, and then inject this uh, Tommy situation in, which they're going to like. It's it's one thing for us as audience members to kind of be watching along this from the beginning, and we're piecing this. But you got to uh, the millions of people watching Boardwalk Empire, number nine, Tommy Darmody. I don't know how much that's on the radar. So they have to have, you know, like we say, the three-step reveal, the like, you know, the hint for the alert fans, a little bit more on the nose for the, you know, this, so people can kind of feel clever, and then the like, no, smack upside the baseball bat, just so uh-huh. everybody knows. I don't feel like they've even got to step two. Yeah. So yeah. step two and three in a single episode, that'd be rough. I, I kind of feel like <laughs> Especially I'm Especially in the final episode. I'm backing away from this number nine theory a bit. Okay. Uh, but we got some feedback on that. Uh, Bugsy Siegel makes a house call on some housewife. Mm-hmm. And uh, anything to say about that? Uh, no, not really. Not until it gets into the, the shit later on. <laughs> sure. Uh, Silver Age Nucky is interrogating the still filthy Jillian. And I, again, I just, she's so much like Gretchen Mole talking about, you know, the, the peculiars of the lot, the, of the, her library and what's proper. And yeah. she's got her Nellie Bly around the world in 73 days. <laughs> Whatever 73 it is. Hour. Um, she's got that book. That's and that's... Certainly not 73 hours. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the, uh, uh, which is interesting because the Nellie Bly, we talked about this in the beginning of the ser- the season. She's not only famous for recreating Jules Verne around the world in 80 days and, and documenting it. But she's also famous for her expose on the mental system, where she pretended yeah. to be an insane person, committed herself, and then wrote a bunch of kind of shocking articles about how the mentally insane were treated. So it's interesting that all these threads are coming to, coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, but he offers her a deal. You can sit in a cell, cell and tell me nothing, or I could help you. And we find out that she's from an orphanage in Trenton, New Jersey. We don't really understand much beyond that as far as where she comes from. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like in the – I think it's near the beginning of this scene where he's asking about, like, you know, the the stolen thing she has and where would you get the money to buy the book. This This raises an interesting question for Nucky himself because all of his money has come from 
nefarious acts. Sure. Uh, and some of them are innocent. I mean, before, you know, before the the Volstead Act, he was not doing anything illegal as far as his liquor nah. business. Well, as far as his liquor business goes. So some s- of his money is legit, but the power he's accumulated in order to be able to make that money is all on the back of these horrible events, as we know. Um, See, I want to say that this show, when this final season, has made a very good point to be explicit that every penny that he's made has been on the back of criminal and and really despicable activities. It really has. Like, even if he got in one of those silver dollars that, that the Commodore was throwing off the wharf... Uh-huh. That money comes from a committed pedophile and all-around disgusting human being, so True. even that wouldn't have been untainted. Yeah, and this is a question that at the beginning of the series, Nucky was not asking himself. Sure. Uh, it feels like now at the end of the series, Nucky is asking himself that question, and he's analyzing his life, and he's yeah. saying, was it worth it? Yeah. And I think the answer comes in the form of him giving Joe money at the end and telling him to get out of here. And him giving everything up just to yeah. get Willie back. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, William is in the, uh, Southern, uh, USA attorney's office and he's chafing about being essentially a law clerk. Mm -hmm. He's, he's fetching records and he's doing background research, but he's not allowed to actually be frontline on any cases. And, uh, they explain that it's because his family background is sensitive. Um, interesting. I thought it was, I thought it's interesting that they've shown a female, very powerful female attorney in seasons past. Yeah. I can't remember her name, but she's the one that uh, interrogated Remus. Uh, yeah, she Remus took is over... not talking. Remus is not going down for this. <laughs> she took over the investigation from Van Alden, right? And well, like, like not... season one or two. I don't know if you could say she, because she was an attorney. She wasn't a, an agent. Yeah, but she was running the show after sure, that. Sure, sure. Uh, and now they show a female black uh-huh. Uh, assistant attorney, yeah. which feels extraordinarily progressive for the times. Seems like it, yeah. Um, but I, I that that was mildly surprising to me that uh, that that they showed that. But I thought it was really cool and, an, and a nice counterpart to the Nick. You know, if you if you look at how <laughs> much progress is made in thirty years there, and then how much you know, it's it's kind of starts to make you feel good about the overall trajectory our company or our country has been on. Sure. Because there's not a whole lot of pride to be taken in that area. <laughs> no. Um, he gets no. a phone call, and we get a lot of... Wah, 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 wah. No, I can't make... Wah, wah, wah. Maybe this evening... Is that his dad? It's got to be. Got to be. But it kind of doesn't make sense, because I didn't think it sounded like his dad, weirdly, okay. in the wah-wah. And he said, wait till this evening, but he... Well, I... he was speaking through a glass of whiskey, so... <laughs> <laughs> submerged. submerged. The phone was in a bathtub full of gin. <laughs> yeah, when he was making this phone call, that uh-huh. makes perfect sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. He was he was talking through a lit cigarette, <laughs> <laughs> underneath a pile of hobos <laughs> on the train that he took here. Um, yeah, no, it it's we'll, we'll get a, get to that a little bit later. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I I thought it was his dad, but it's weird that. I guess uh, Eli decided to stake out his son's office and wait for him. I don't know who else it could be. I mean, why does why does Will go downstairs outside of the building well, at that time? I mean, maybe he's going to lunch or whatever. No, but. I think that was him getting off work. But also, one of the things but it seemed think- like he was he was ready to go back inside. Oh yeah. I th- thought right before he got kidnapped, he was turning around to go the maybe other way. He, you're right because it was also really bright and sunny. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just, I guess the stereotype, maybe that's not true of the, of the 1930s, but I just suspect that lawyers have always worked like really late hours, you know, especially Probably. ones that are public servants. Um, I, one of the things that kind of set us up early in the season is the idea that he is some sort of double agent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I wonder if they intend us to think it's Eli, but actually he's working for some, and maybe it's not even Thompson's game. Mm. Could be. And maybe this is going to be somehow, uh, this is going to tie into how Nucky gets a somewhat happy ending at the end of all this. If we think that's know. actually where this is going. Yeah, I, this episode gave me the impression that he might not be a double agent. Honestly. No, I mean, truly. And I, I, the only reason I'm putting this up as a possibility yeah. is because they seem to spend a lot of time making us wonder, is he or isn't he? They did, yeah. Uh, not this episode, but in previous episodes, certainly. So... I'm know with how you. Co- There's reason to think that, but this we, episode wasn't part of it. we know how committed he was to the family last season. That's been seven years. Yeah. Or six and a half or whatever, but... Uh-huh. All right. Silver Age Nucky debates with his wife, Mabel, on what doing the right thing is in relation to uh, Jillian here. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to say? I, I feel like the, the major horsepower comes later. This is just a really brief... Sure. They're setting us up here. Uh, Bugsy takes his leave. He runs into the wife's husband, who he hilariously spins off into an autograph session, <laughs> and uh, gets his gets his ass kidnapped in a pretty spectacular action scene. A very born identity sort of or, or born esque mm-hmm. scene. Uh, sure. A lot of moving camera stuff. A lot of just raw. Like like this isn't a gun battle that you ever see, right? Two yeah. guys, one gun in each hand. Uh, kind of equilibrium to get the leverage to blow each other's heads off, right? And you feel like I loved it. Nucky's man won, yeah, yeah. But then he got a little too cocky, and Bugsy's like, "I'm just gonna take your own gun and shoot you with it." And yep. that's man, that would be a tough. Uh, it, it kind of reminded me a little bit, you know, that scene in Saving Private Ryan, which scene where the one dude gets stabbed to death by the German? Oh yeah, real slowly and upstairs it's like, in the. It's, it's that that one moment of horror where you know you've lost, yeah, but yeah. you're not dead yet, and you're kind of like in <laughs> denial. That's that's the worst, man. Sure, no, that was that was a awesome but horrifying scene. Uh, what the fuck was Grandpa Gus doing? Like he had thirty seconds. I feel like he's just wait watching this dumb fuck get himself killed uh, so he could come in badass with his sap and his his straight razor and his yeah. Uh, ear snatching power and just completely incapacitate Bugsy here. I think that's exactly. He was biding his time. He there were random bullets flying everywhere. He didn't yeah. want to get mixed up in that. And he hasn't lived to be Grandpa Gus. Yeah, by getting in bad angles. Sure. So he he Which just bided of, his time. That's the other thing about this episode. The way he goes out is very incongruous. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. All right, we'll get there. Um, so I was a little, little bit had a problem with him being slow on the take there. Uh, Silver Age Nucky is presented with a cleaned up Jillian. Uh, Mabel has grabbed one of her dresses from back in the day and, uh, put her in it. And the transformation is stunning. Uh, she went from kind of an androgynous, uh, newspaper boy to a beautiful young woman. And, uh, Mabel... Uh, Nucky still wants to take her back to the orphanage first thing in the morning, and Mabel, yeah. you know, has him over for a very loud, whispered conversation about her future, and says, "You can't leave her there; it's brutish." <laughs> she told me all about it, and he says, "Well, she's a runaway and a thief. What do you expect her to say?" She says, <laughs> "I can." That's that's such flawed logic. Why, Nucky? 
Why? Because she ran away for a reason. She didn't run away because she was being treated awesome and there was a bunch of cool stuff to do there. And Yeah, that's a good point. They were feeding her and clothing her and everything. She ran away because it sucked. Um, that's a good point. And Mabel retorts that because uh, Nucky's also said, look, we can't feed her. We don't have room for her. We got a family of her own. And she says, I could do I, they do they do they what? do you Nucky? Do you have a family of your own? <laughs> I'd, I'd, Spoiler, Jim. Yeah, I would wait on that comment a little bit. Uh, and again, I just I'm amazed at how well this guy's busimying this role. It's impressive. Uh, it's really impressive. And he said, uh, and Mabel retorts that, hey, I can find her a place. Girls are always needed. Oh, boy. Which is some so not kind of gross foreshadowing, knowing what happens next. Yep. Uh, hey, you know what? Benny's been snatched. I don't know if you know this. Uh, mm-hmm. Luciano. Is it Luciano? Luciano. Luciano. Yep. With a hard C. A C-H. Luciano. Luciano uh, is kind of in de- denial about it, and as soon as he finds out, he just hangs up. <laughs> and, and I love Gam- Grandpa Gus because Benny's mouth is open all the fucking time. Yeah, yeah. And le- if he's conscious, his mouth is open mm-hmm. and talking a mile a minute. And he gives him a wrap upside the head and says, "Shut your fuck up." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Margaret Margaret needs to come up back with her lilting Irish accent, and no, it's like. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, and uh, he calls him back, and Luciano's pretty unapologetic. He's like, look, I told you to be careful. Nucky says, I want a meeting. And he goes, I trade um, your partner for, I forget, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. I, oh, no, no, no. He's he, trading there? He's like, I'll, I'll, he goes, I'll meet you at your funeral. And he goes, you'll be at Bugsy's before mine. He goes, interesting proposition. Let me think about it. Not, <laughs> yeah. And hangs up. Hangs up. So fucking cool. Super cool. The dialogue in all of these scenes. Like, is, is this the way things really go down? In, it can't in life be. and death situations, are people really that? Are, I, I feel like that there is like the top 001% of humanity yeah. can pull off these ridiculously bad things. Yeah. And I, I feel like the gangster types are more the types to have like these canned responses to things and be able to think like linguistically on the fly. Because they just don't. It's not flowery. It's very no. laconic, mm-hmm. and it's not like they haven't had. I mean, at this point in his history, Luciano has been kidnapped, stabbed, and shot to death, and left at the roadside to die. Uh huh. Makes a full recovery. That's why his eyes droopy. His yeah. that side of his face has got paralysis because of nerve damage from the knife wounds he took. So, and and they're kind of. I feel like a part of this these characters is they're fatalistic, so they they really don't give a shit whether they live or die. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's the key to having these great Bond mots is just not give a shit whether the guy pulls the trigger or not. Sure. Anyway, um, at the and, and the other thing was kind of light comedy in the middle of all this going on. Margaret calls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why Bugsy's in the back talking about you, you? You motherfuckers don't talk about my wife. I just had this piece in the side. I love her. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And she says that uh, she put in a fifty thousand short order on mm-hmm. Mayflower grain. He says double it, make another fifty k. She says the market will notice. He says that's the point. And if you've got anything squirreled away, you should short put it. Take a short position yourself. Which she says I make my own decisions. Um, Man, how is this going to play out? I mean, obviously, he's going to really fuck over Joe Kennedy. You think it's going to work? I I do. I feel like that Nucky 
hmm, I don't know if Nucky's going to survive. Yeah. But this plan will thrive, and one thing is sure is that he will he that the, we will walk away knowing that Margaret and her family's future is secure. Okay, that'd be nice in for her. Maybe he doesn't save Jillian, but he he did he did say I think and it was it was pretty important in earlier in the season when they were having their kind of like you know little romantic flirtation and they're talking about the first time they see and he said I thought if I could save her, then maybe I'm not such a terrible person. Hmm. And maybe yeah. that's all, literally the only thing he ends up doing, fucking over Joe Kennedy Could be. and leaving her a million or two dollars for her and her family. All right. He has saved her and and not corrupted her in the way that like Tony Soprano did his wife and Walter White did his wife. And Don Draper has left a strewn, uh, you know, a series of strewn women's corpses along the way. Uh-huh. I mean, she's kind of she got out and she's kind of been largely untouched by this criminal element. Yeah, and once Nucky is gone, she's no longer connected to this man who everybody knows yeah. is a criminal. So that would that would work out pretty well, I think. Um, Eli has 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 arisen like the wreck of the Titanic off the ocean floor from his his bathtub full of gin, from his pile of hobos that he was using to keep warm at night. Yep, and he appears before before William. The makeup and dress on this guy on Shea Wiggum. I can't believe it. Like his, I don't know how you make your eyes look like that without literally being locked, hot boxing yourself with with sixty cigars an hour uh-huh. and gallons of gin. It's amazing. Yeah, and his, ta- I mean, he is a hobo at this point. Yes. He literally has nowhere to sleep. Uh, he, his beard is something that is only describable as a hobo's beard i mean it's it's not long enough to be like you know the hobo type clowns where they just like rub ash and that's what that's what he's got yeah it's it's like he's he's taken maybe it's like a guy who has a thin beard and and can't quite grow like a really good beard mm-hmm. like myself mm-hmm. and he rubs dirt on his face to fill it out to make it look more full it's like that happened all right except Except it looks natural, and it looks like just years of drinking and depression. And I, I mean, take a look at him in season one sure. versus what he's and become. His sheriff's uniform, it is proud stark. And tall, and it's amazing the transformation this guy's made. Yeah. Um, so hats off to the makeup and, and costuming. Yeah. Uh, he asked if he's talked to his mother, and he had. And his mom did not hang him out to dry. Said that she had a good visit, and and wants to know what do you want. Here, I, I don't have time to talk to you, so I feel like you're right on the lunchtime analysis. Okay. I thought a lot about it in the 10 minutes since we podcast. Uh-huh. While you were talking about other things, yeah. And I feel like you're right, and he says, here, take my key, and I'll meet you there this evening. Um, and, he's, and, and Eli's just kind of staring at him. Then Eli starts singing My Girl's Pussy, and... <laughs> <laughs> but no, but no, William's no. like, do you want money? What do you want from me? Yeah. And, what do you, does he want from him? I don't know because I feel like Eli was very tempted to like take this key and clean myself up and have a heart to heart man to man talk with my boy for maybe the final time uh-huh. before I don't know what he decides he's going to do with his life. That's a very and that's another open question. Like mm-hmm. where does Eli go from here? Get on a train with all his belongings and a handkerchief. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and start eating beans out of a can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, he goes and he had this really great. Where it's not even, he's not even speaking complete sentences. He's like, told myself, he's doing okay. It was <laughs> worth it. 
here you are, right side of the street. Cheek yeah. pat, exit. I think that's what he wanted. That's what he wanted to see. Sure. He wanted to see his boy, see that he was he was on the straight and narrow. I feel like if you're a father and you're on your deathbed or you're at the end of your life. <laughs> Which he clearly is. All, all you would want, you would pay any amount of money all your remaining time if you could just flash forward and see that your kids are okay. Yeah, yeah. That, like you could go to, gra- to your grave at any time in peace if you knew that that I they're going to be okay. And I feel like that he got that. I think and so. And then it was mm-hmm. snatched from him. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, this horror fact, he was at peace. And, and, and the way he played that, just that horror of like, they took my son. And, and yeah. what do you do? He got abducted. He got hooded. I thought, I thought that Willie throughout this episode does a really poor job of handling his, himself as a man. Like, why do you say that? Uh, these dudes just picked him up like as a little boy and threw him in the back of a car. He, he, yeah, he's a small guy for one. Yeah. He's no bruiser. You wouldn't let, you, you tell me you'd put up a bigger fight. You're I, in I broad mean, I, daylight. I would try, but if two dudes grab me and lift me off the ground, what am I going to do? You're, you're, two it, bigger it's, dudes. It's broad daylight. You're uh, right outside the U.S. Attorney's office. You got to think there's court <laughs> officers and stuff there. If you can buy, if, if you can like do, like, like. If I tried to give my cat a bath, yeah, yeah, it would give me much more of a fight. And like, there's they're trying to give him a narrow frame. Like, put your arms out, do something. Yeah, go for the nuts, something, something. whatever you got to do. You buy yourself uh, start 15 screaming. Uh, yeah, like I'm being abducted, and start kicking and <laughs> screaming and f- flapping around like a chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, and then like the end when he fucks up the handoff with Bugsy, I'm like, God damn, man. Ugh, ugh. Well, he- Bugsy fucked that up. Uh, that well, was nah, nah, we'll talk about that. All right, <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, we flash back to Silver Age where Jillian is reading Nellie Bly and informing Nucky of the incredible capacity of a satchel. The when, bag of holding. When, yeah. when, you need, when you need it. She's, got, uh, she's rocking her Mayanese pouch here. Mm-hmm. And at the end, she says, please don't take me back. Um, and he's kind of mulling it over and, and Mabel's leaning on him when Sheriff the Hammer... Yeah, uh, Lindsay comes to pick up Nucky and says, "Hey, you don't need your uniform. This is county business." And Nucky's kind of like, oh, "I got this fucked up, weird situation. Mm. Can I rely on you or not?" I'm. The other problem I have with this episode is how almost eagerly that the sheriff washes his hands and and gives this dirty business to to a very young inexperienced man mm-hmm. um hands him over to a known manipulator and just kind of washes his hands Pontius pilot style i felt like the Lindsay that i know wouldn't do that like the Lindsay you know has been helping the commodore the Lindsay, with his nefarious acts the entire time yes but but nucky knows him as a man that killed a murderer okay that that horrifically killed a murderer and, and took care of because it's bad for business he also killed someone that was a direct threat to everything that they were collectively trying to build in Atlantic City. I think he had his mind in, in getting his hands dirty in that kind of way. Okay. And now Sheriff Lindsay, who's been raising this kid kind of like, I mean, I, 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 I've put in my head canon that when, when Nucky's talking in season one about his father being a sheriff, he's actually referring to Lindsay. That's how yeah. he feels about him. That's how mm-hmm. I feel Lindsay felt about the two Thompson boys. For him to just sell him out to the Commodore felt 
very convenient and out of this guy's character. This guy would tell... I don't disagree. And, and, and I, yeah. I, the other question I want to ask a little bit later is how... Well, let's just ask it a little bit later. Okay. And that's another thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And another so, thing that I think that is a symptom of an eight-episode season. Could be. Because could be. I, was, I was thinking, like, God, Lindsay's going to get murdered somehow. And then the Commodore's going to go... He's going to make Nucky, and since Nucky's inexperienced, he's going to go mad with power and start abducting little girls and like all this stuff. Lindsay just laying down and going off into the... I, I don't know. It didn't, didn't sit well with me. Uh, so I think in this scene... Nucky has decided that he is not going to take Jillian back to the orphanage, but he doesn't know what to do with her yet. Do you do you agree with that? I don't know. I don't have any opinion one way or another because I felt like okay. Nucky was conflicted. Nucky knew what the right thing to do is, and he knew his wife was right. Yeah. But he also knew... He didn't know the, how it's going to work out. He like also knew the reality of, you know, well, you know, we're we're not exactly rolling in it, and we don't have a big house, and we've got a kid on the way, and this girl is kind of dangerous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, we go to a scene of Bugsy serenading the entire old rumpus with the ragtime hit, <laughs> My Girl's Pussy. Yep. A real song. Real song. And when I was, I was doing some studio work, um, cause, cause we're continually trying to, you know, refine our camera setup and our sound setup and get this stuff all, um, and we had an equipment on our USB hub and I was ripping all that out. And the whole time I was doing it, you were serenading me. With ragtime hit after ragtime hit, My Girl's Pussy was actually pretty tame. It was, yeah. I heard about people with titties that had nipples the size of their thumbs and <laughs> uh, shave me dry, which was an elaborate metaphor for, yep. for, for uh, I mean, just... Warm my wiener. Warm my wiener. Uh, yeah. Ragtime like, got a little, a little like funky. Tipper, Tipper Gore, you riding hard against two live crew and two short... Go fuck yourself. <laughs> this shit has always been... There There was no golden age when it comes to human depravity and filth when it comes to sex. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even no. call it depravity and filth. It's sure. normal human sexual expression. The Romans did it, you know, and their, their big bathhouses, they had the frescoes. Romans with, did it better than just about anybody else, I think. You think so? <laughs> I don't know the Greeks. As far as depravity goes, yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there was no enlightened time where people weren't getting down and dirty. Yeah. When yeah. you're when you're just two animals rubbing your privates together, it does, it's, <laughs> you can't make that pretty. Sure, but you put cat noises before it so that when you say "my girl's pussy," you can pass no, it it's, off it's, as it's not. I'm talking about the yeah. woman's cat. Yeah, yeah, clearly, sure. Because pussies love getting wet. That's how it works. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Um. Anyway, uh, th- so it's kind of a funny scene of Nucky realizing that Mickey Doyle, the person he's despised. All this time is is now his staunchest ally that he's oh relying on. Oh my god! On. Yeah, yeah. He put together his army. Um, he he also the laugh is still there. It's just repressed. Like that is how Mickey Doyle laughs. There's no sure. question about it. Sure. Gives a little laugh to scene and and it's you know he's trying to stifle it. He realizes God, I sound dumb when I do that. Sure. Uh, we go to New York, where William is being held by Luciano and Lansky and a guy named Pink. And he knows a lot about Luciano and Lansky. And uh, he also knows that no matter what happens to me, you all be in jail soon. And he gets choked out by his own tie by the uh, Pink fellow. Mm-hmm. And Nucky calls and says, you and your boss have crossed a line. He's still, at this point, rolling tough and thinking that he has... If not the upper hand, an equal hand. 
Sure, he doesn't know about Will yet. No, he knows about Will. That's why he's calling and saying you cross the line. Oh, oh, okay. In this scene, yeah. In this scene. Yeah. And uh, they're going to have a meeting, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we go to Silver Age Nucky and Sheriff the Hammer, who is filled with anger and disgust and regret, is saying, when I start working for this man, talking about the Commodore, and they're outside his giant mansion. Is that Commodore's house? Yes, this is the one that Jillian turns into a whorehouse later. Okay. All right. Uh, he says, I did one thing for him, and then I did another, and then I put on a badge, and now look what he's built for himself as he's like almost ready to vomit. Mm-hmm. And he says, and this is where I feel like this just isn't in this man's character. He says, here's an opportunity. Go on. I believe I'm done, and gives him his badge, apparently resigning as sheriff. I think so. He goes in, he talks to, um, uh, to, to uh, Whitlock, who is the... The one Silver Age, Golden Age character that I feel like just couldn't carry the weight. It's hard to next to an impeccable Dabney Coleman and Steve Buscemi. Yeah, I mean, he just sticks out like a sore thumb. Like, look, you took a guy who looks like he's 23, you glued on ludicrous chops, <laughs> ludicrous frosty white chops, and you called it good, and, and it's not good. Yeah, it's not as good. No, there's I'd... something missing. Something missing from from Whitlock here. Uh, he says uh, this is something that requires discretion. Mm-hmm. And then the Commodore comes out all pissed off and full of I don't know what. Uh, says, if you handle yourself with honor, we'll discuss what happens next. And he says, yes, sir. And then he returns his bimminously. Yes, sir. Always such a good boy. What the fuck is he being such a dick about? <laughs> I felt like it was maybe intimidation partially like i feel like you remember that scene in the godfather 2 where tom hagen shows up to uh the senator's house or a- or uh, hotel after he's accidentally somehow killed a hooker uh-huh. which probably if i read between the lines um i i, I feel like michael set that up but but then i, okay. I don't know yeah, because I'm, also I'm the sure. senator's like i don't know what happened he i, I feel like Rich, powerful people, when they get themselves in a shit situation, are they? They they go towards this, um, you know, kind of cringing. Oh my God, what am I going to do? And they don't. But but the commodore seems like he just retreats into grandiosity further. Uh-huh. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to fucking deal with this. Yeah. This fucking girl didn't work out, and now I'm gonna have to put up with this bullshit. And I got this whip pissant. You know, moon calf taking care of my business. <laughs> That's not what you want to do when you get someone doing skullduggery for you. Yeah, unless you think that that is just going to roll right over them. They're just going to fold because you're being a little intimidating. I guess he has been working for him since he's like 10 years old, and he's been be- a- verbally abusive the entire time. I, apparently, yeah. I, I wonder what, like... So this scene is set up weird, right? Like, this is the Commodore's house. Is he just moving in and all of his shit is in the front entryway and his chimes are going fucking crazy because yes. he's a collector of chimes? Like, yes. No, he's – he is – he's – he the, he has two – he has more money than he knows what to do with. Okay. So he's bought statues and paintings. It, of... It's like it's like when a redneck win, wins the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> there and are jet skis everywhere. They got marble. They they got like fucking like shitty McMansions and marble fountains, and they're broke a year later. Yeah, and it's it's. I feel like this is a guy who didn't have money, and now he's got money, and he's doing what he thinks a rich person would do with their money. 
Interesting. And he's buying rich silks and marble statues and paintings from the Louvre and all this other bullshit. I don't. I, that was my read on it. Okay, so this is not just set up to make us creeped out. It, well, I think it does a very of, good job that too. It does. It's, it's poorly lit. Yeah. Um, the the chimes in the background, the weird paintings, and knowing what we know about the the. Um, Knowing what we know about the Commodore, when you go past and Nucky's kind of looking at these these pictures of these naked youths, yeah, and like splayed out on beds naked, and yeah, it, it's with all the like silks and stuff. It, it, it yeah, it's it's all this stuff in a stew that they put together, and we're now eating it, and it's like, uh, it's a creepy stew. Yeah, no, it's creepy. Um, so he goes, the, Whitlock takes him aside. Hey, look, look, the gov- the Commodore does a lot of things for people, public and, and private. And one of the things he does is he gives opportunity to poor and beleaguered youth. What a guy. What a guy. And he takes women, young girls, into his house, and he schools them in the art uh, or in the domestic arts. Mm-hmm. And But sometimes, sometimes, these youths let him down. They're beyond help. They're beyond help. You, can't, you can only help people so much. Um, and when they draw the line at anal... It's time to get them. It's, it's this is so fucking gross. <laughs> and then as he's talking, we see this girl. The door opens, and there's this girl hugging herself. I think I thought she was blindfolded. Yeah, I'm not certain. I looked at it, and I still can't tell. We got a very nice television. We've got very nice monitors. We got HBO. It's so dark. I thought she's blindfolded. You say it's just her bangs shading her. Her, but Could she's be. clearly yeah. petrified, terrified. Yeah, and has been through a bad situation. Uh huh. And he says, you take this girl to her mother at the outside of town and say there will be no further payments and no further inquiries will be uh, uh, brooked. And the way they frame the shot, there is a literal bear, stuffed bear, looming Uh behind her with its paw. And it looks like the paws are on her shoulders, which gives it uh, another subtle kind of creepy vibe. Creepy Commodore vibe, sure. And I'm just like, this is where, like, I knew the Commodore plucked. Jillian out of a crowd. Apparently, she was she'd won a beauty contest. She's one of Neptune's consorts, and mm-hmm. somehow Nucky brought. But it's like you could kind of say, well, he didn't know that because that happens, right? Like you know, sure, rich, powerful people do have young people over to have dinner with them or to reward them, and as publicity stuff. And you yeah. can kind of like look the other way. This is so fucking explicit that this is wrong. It is, and, and the I've... fact that Nucky does it to get ahead, and the fact that share the sheriff. Lindsay did it, set it up. It just, it makes me feel gross for ever wanting to 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 root for this guy. This this yeah. is the good guy. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, there are less creepy ways to do this, right? Like if they had not called him in. Although I guess it's like six p.m., six or seven. It's dinner time. Yeah, at that point, yeah. so it's not as late at night as I I feels like it is. It's not like three in the morning. Yeah, but still, like you have this girl pouting in this room. And you're trying to explain it away as the Commodore is trying to help her. And there are less creepy ways to do this, to in, to get Nucky involved. I See, here's I what mean, I think so, happened. So if, if they murder, if, if, if the Commodore and fucking Whitlock murders this girl, uh, they are the villains from True Detective. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah that's pretty how much. bad this shit is, man. And the, the king in yellow. <laughs> like, like and, and instead of, like, take, if he says, instead of taking her to her mother and saying no further payments and no, if he said take the bride's path, little man, yeah. we would be in true detective. <laughs> and we know how fucking disgusting that was. Oh, certainly. Then uh, I'm rooting for some of these people? What the fuck? 
Yeah, yeah, it was weird. Is uh, that what Terrence Winter wants me to think? I, I don't. Like I, selling, I don't know. They're selling your soul, and they're selling your soul. I feel like they were trying to get this slow, this kind of slow um, slide into his disgusting behavior and things that he is not proud of, but sure. they maybe went a little too fast. It became a landslide instead of a, a just like a trickle of yeah. a stream down the side of a hill. It was, <laughs> it became way more than they expected. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think what happened here is the Commodore did this because he knows Lindsay has been doing all of his dirty work. So Lindsay would have taken care of this. No problem. Lindsay okay. would have would have gone in and said, "Oh God, here's another girl. Take her back. Do the thing." But instead, Lindsay said, "I'm done with this." And now Nucky is forced into the situation that looks horrible and is horrible. But Lindsay was supposed to be dealing with that. Has Lindsay done this before? I think so. Yeah. Really? I think so. I, the, because the, when the, the sheriff that brought him the girl. In last the episode, episode yeah. was not Lindsay. It was one of the other yeah. underlings. Really? So you think that this is the first time Lindsay's been approached with it and that... I don't know. Lindsay's been by his side so much. I don't know how he could not be involved. Because I feel like this is involved. a progression um, that this guy had had a collection of child pornography uh-huh. and he's been building his power base in, in Atlantic City and that this is the first time that he's actually tried to... He's been powerful enough and set up and he's got this house on the outskirts of town... And it's big, and nobody would ask questions. And he's paid off the woman's mother, and he he it didn't work out. And he's got buyer's remorse, and now he wanted Lindsay to handle it. And Lindsay's like, "Fuck this! I will kill hmm. people for you. Uh-huh. I will bury bodies. I am not going to be a part of child slavery." But then, why would he send his? protege his adopted yeah. son in there <laughs> like i've horribly misjudged Lindsay. i've horribly misjudged nucky and i've horribly horribly misjudged their relationship they had yeah this is the man that sat on a table having dinner with his and and jokes with his wife and sons and daughter and is trying to come out against abused women yeah. for 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 tolerance and temperance i ee, uh. okay i i'm with you there i think it's uh it's an unfortunate misstep in his character Let's move on. Uh, yeah. We go at the meeting, and it, it's just Ford Model Ts as far as the eye can see, or whatever they are. Yep. And I felt like that. I felt like the numbers looked pretty even. Yeah, I think so. But uh, Jill K said, um, "Why on God's green earth would Nucky wait until they're standing in firing range to ask Eli if he had a gun?" Um, <laughs> and and I think that they were trying to give us the impression that Nucky was outgunned here. And to the extent that he would be willing to arm Eli, who has betrayed him oh so many times, to give them a little bit more strength. Yeah, that is that is a, a fair assessment. And I feel like that's why he But it said, looks like they're even. And, and then when, when Nucky says, what are they waiting for? I kind of feel like they were in the car talking about, like, we could take these guys. Well, we can make this happen right tonight. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's all speculation, obviously. Yeah. But it's it's could just be a delay, you know, an intimidation tactic. Sure, there's that. Uh, who knows? Yeah, who knows? So anyway, um, they go to make the exchange. But before they do that, yeah, Nikki, are you going to get to Mickey Doyle uh, and his deal? We haven't done we haven't done that yet because because okay. what happens first is they march Bugsy across. 
and they march William across, and Bugsy acts like his leg what? is... No, no, no. Nucky makes a deal with Doyle before all the shit goes oh, down. Oh, that deal. Yeah, sure. the 5% deal. He's like, what am I getting for standing next to you? Which is another <laughs> kind of indication that maybe they're outgunned. Like, this is a dangerous position for him to be yeah, in. Yeah. And he asked for something I thought outrageous. He wants the club and 5% <laughs> of everything in Atlantic City. That's a lot to ask. Why and, does Nucky agree to that? You think it's because he knows this is this is it? Either either this army that Mickey has put together is going to protect me, and that will be invaluable to me by preserving my life, and so five percent is a small amount to give up for that. Or he knows that he probably won't survive this. Like he doesn't want Atlantic City anymore. He's been wanting to get out the whole time. You're right. You're right. So maybe he's like, I was going to, you know. Uh, whatever, man. I I'm about s- to give away a hundred percent. So yeah, and not, you're 5%. I, don't, I don't think he meant to give it away to Luciano. Yeah, yeah. Luciano, but I do think he meant to give it away. Uh-huh. And at some point, and you know, Mickey's not going to be somebody he's going to have to deal with long term. Yeah, yeah. Um. So he, they try to make the exchange. Bugsy goes over. William goes over. Bugsy acts like his leg bothers him. Goes to one knee, and William inexplicably goes to i don't know whether to offer him help or to just stand there stupid but bugsy lunges to his feet and recaptures william and now they got nothing but their dicks in their hands yeah and eli is fucking losing his mind Mm -hmm. and nucky is saying you got to stop and at that point uh charlie and uh meyer and all those guys knew and bugsy knew they had him by the balls because he was not willing to risk anything yeah man this was intense uh say what you want about nucky rolling over and giving away his entire empire i don't i don't know that's even a problem but a lot of people are complaining about it uh i I, this wasn't what i expected i don't know what i expected yeah but he's kind of out of the game anyway he's granted he's ready to get out so i don't have a big problem with that but a lot of people did um it was just intense. I mean, it was sheer force of will that kept this from turning into a bloodbath on both sides. From from Nucky, Nucky's just like, do do not shoot. He stands out in front of everybody. Stop, stop shooting. Like, what's stopping Lucky from just ventilating every last motherfucker? Like fire, like a Revolutionary War style firing line. Fire, bam! Uh, they wipe everybody out. Yeah, really nothing. Um, you know, but what's stopping the other side? It's there's there's this tension between people wanting to get out of this alive and and wanting to follow orders from yeah. Nucky and Luciano and yeah. it's I, I felt like it was very effective and very very tense. I was on the edge of my seat this whole time. What'd you think when Lucky said I want it all and uh and and, and uh shit uh, Mickey goes for ha oh, ha you guys <laughs> Don't want to don't want to throw the baby out of the bathwater, fellas. Come on, I've been running this thing for seven. Shut the fuck up. Boom, Mickey's dead. Archie's yeah. like, fuck this. I'm going into switchblade mode. <laughs> Mickey Doyle's dead. I'm happy. Time to retire. The why the fuck are you still alive? GIF. Yep. Yep. Had a good long run. It's over. Archie steps forward to do I don't know what, and <sighs> he gets killed. He which... went out without ceremony. Not even taking anybody out. No. Um, he had a knife, didn't he? No, he had a gun at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a knife to Bugsy, but he had a gun at that stage. Uh, and and Nucky says it's all yours. And Meyer wants to see him get down on his knees, which I think is repaying the earlier scene. Yep. And he I does, mean, and just grovels. Now you know how it feels. 
So exactly. And says, you're smarter than me. I'm dumber than you. <laughs> the raw amount of cranial capacity that I have is uh-huh. less than the that that you possess. Yep. And then he says, hey, if you give me Willie back, I will kill Maranzano for you. I take the risk, and I'll do it in 24 hours. Why? Why? Here's the thing. That's his so, only play. That's his only play. I get it. I get it. That well, gets him out of the situation. But then why does he execute on the plan? Because because he needs Willie back. Uh, but he's what not going to get like, Willie back. He just had the chance. He saw Luciano and Lansky and Bugsy all renege on the yeah, proposition. right. right. Now he's going to trust them right. again to release Will? It's stupid. But my thing is, you're you're giving him Atlantic City and all your bootlegging yeah. interest and Cuba. You get, But we've said that he kind of doesn't care about that anymore, right? But, but it's not worth nothing. No, it's sure. Worth a, it's worth a fucking pimply-ass uh, 21-year-old. I mean, I just... It's worth my quite mind a bit. boggles that I'm giving you all this without violence. Mm-hmm. And you're, and then I have to do this last risky thing to get in your good graces. And also, I trust you to keep your deal, which they do, I guess. I guess so, yeah. But like, this is the problem that people had with Chalky's death as well. That the Chalky was was trusting someone who's a known enemy to keep his word after right. his death. Because if not, then his death meant less than nothing. Yeah, and and I'm. I mean, obviously, we're shown that they do release Will. Uh, I, I think Luciano did keep his word at the end of this, but we have no idea on Narcisse. Yeah. So uh, I feel like this is less egregious than maybe even Chalky's death, although I liked how Chalky went out. Mm. Uh, maybe, you know, it wasn't for the right cause. I I don't know. I don't know why Nucky would trust this guy at this point. And again, I just feel like... It gets him out of the situation, but then Nucky follows through with his end of the bargain. I just feel like, you know, it's in negotiation 101, it's like, you know, if I'm going to give you a thing and you pay $100, and I offer you 200 for it. Yeah. Then I double down and offer you 400 I feel like that's what I just watched him do. Yeah. Like, can, can Nucky keep any of his pride? Do I want Nucky to keep any of his pride? Because Nucky is a fucking asshole at this point. <laughs> sure. Nucky's involved in child prostitution and slavery. Yeah. He's deserving everything he gets at this point. Sure. He always has been. We just didn't know about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, which is an interesting place to take your character. Whatever. Um, Let's move (laughs) on to uh, D'Angelo and his uh, nerdy little boss is putting forth a case for a warrant for Al Capone. And we see the judge asking them questions and all their T's are crossed and all their I's are dotted. Yeah. And they're saying, you know, here's your warrant. And we see officers marching to serve a warrant. And the warrant is approved. And it's all this kind of effective montage. But wait, this isn't Chicago. This is New York City. This is not Al Capone. This is uh, Maranzano. And it's... Yeah, he's get was killed cool. just like Caesar. Just like... And I, I kind of like that. It's, it's, uh, it's, what you, it's what Nucky said. And I kind of wonder if they did that deliberately. Like stabbed them all to death, like it was uh, in an E two Brutus situation. Yeah, yeah, could be at two. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find out that in uh, in getting stabbed to death, it's brutal. They must have knifed him like twelve times. Yeah, it's not fast. And then he picks up the statue of like a Roman gladiator, or maybe it was even Caesar, and like trying to like woozily menace everybody. He falls to the ground. And we find that Eli 
is the gunman. By the way, a great way to do a gangland-style execution. Yeah. You take six guys with badges on. You say you're treasure agents. That's the one thing that mob guys will be like, whoa, okay, okay. You know, it's because the, the thing is, like, yeah. when we're dealing with cops, like... Anything you do at this point is just going to make things worse, right? Yeah, like you can kill them, but it gives you pause. It's like anybody else, they step in front and say, you're not going in there. Yeah. You're not going in there. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and they, they bring violence guns, if, if yeah. they need to. Yeah. The the feds, though. The feds, yeah. It's like we know that if we do this, the shit will hit the fan. So they take a moment to think about it by the time they're dead. It's like a video game. When there's an unwill, you know, when you trigger an unwinnable circuit, like no matter how many of these motherfuckers you kill, you're still going to lose. Uh-huh, That's yeah. what fighting the police is like, pretty much, because they just will keep coming and keep coming. And there's, there's, as far as you, as far as it matters to you, there's an endless supply of them. Yeah, because there's maybe a hundred of you, and there's at least a couple thousand in this police city, and they will all come for you. Yeah, and they'll hire more, and they'll yeah. So, yeah, I just... mean, unless you are planning to become the government to take over the country sure. and be the new you... power in this land, like you're Bob, not going to do it. Like Bob Angelo says in The Walking Dead, you can't fight City Hall. No, you can't. And they you say s- it in this too. You certainly can't fight fucking Washington D.C. Yeah, but I thought it was a brilliant way to, and I don't know if that's historically accurate or not, because uh, I don't know much about Maranzano. I don't uh, about the, like if it was a, mm-hmm. is pretended to be an F, uh, a Fed raid or whatever, but it works like the business. And I also think what's stopping some criminal from just taking 30 goons and going to the penthouse and hosing them down? Because there wasn't that many guys there protecting them. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine you could get in there. Like if you had enough guys. I just feel like that some at some point it's always shocking to me, and I've always, I've read a couple of things like Killing Pablo about Pablo Escobar yeah, with yeah. Mark, ba- Mark Bowden. Mm-hmm. It just seems like once you get the political will to do something, it's super easy to do because criminals just aren't that protected. Yeah, they rely on fear, intimidation, but they you know you know where they live. They're living in some fucking palace. They're living in some villa. They're doing all this other stuff. They have. It just it's a matter of going after him. So yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe the montage was talking about criminals being. Well, you see how that worked with Osama bin Laden. That well, that that took a long time. Sure, but there again, <laughs> you know that's because he had uh, clearly there was foreign protection of the governments, yeah, complicit with all that. Sure, but that's that's a whole other poli- more political sure. cast. Yeah. Um, Luciano and Lansky are with Johnny Torrio, and they're gloating over their spoils. And they're talking about, hey, we'll give Pinky Atlantic City, because who gives a shit about Atlantic City? Uh-huh. And Johnny Torrio is like, hey, we got to set up a meeting. Let me broker it, because I know all these guys in all these cities. And like, you know what, John? We'll take it from here. <laughs> and there's this, this brilliant shot of John on the extreme left side of the screen as they crane back and they sheet this, this crazy party, and he's just left out in the cold. Yeah. And that's what he, that's the price of him. I get, I mean. He should be lucky he's not dead. Honestly. Sure. Sure. I mean, they could have just as easily killed him and taken him out along with Maranzano. I don't, and that's, I don't know the history of Johnny Tor. I don't know how the circumstances of his death is. I would be interesting if Nucky does make good on his threat that he will see him in the grave. Huh. Yeah. Because um, like I said, I know a lot about. Luciano, if you've sure. interested in the Lansky mob at all, and, and Lance, yeah, yeah. Um, you do. But those some of these fringe characters, I'm not sure about. 
Um, Archie and uh, Mickey, they ain't coming back. We got Nucky drinking in the penthouse and talking to Joe. And Joe asks him about, uh, you know, what it's like. What's Tell like him to go sweep the sand. Go sweep the sand, boy. He goes, <laughs> you think it's going to be quick, but you don't know. You can't know unless it's your turn, and then mm. you can't tell anybody, which is kind of how everybody mm. feels about death. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least those of us that don't appeal to a higher power. Uh, he says, hey, Joe, Joe, hey, or Nucky, Nucky, there's lots of things I can do for you. Yeah, you can sweep the sand. Here's a thousand bucks, maybe more. Go be a plumber, a bookkeeper, or the president, but do us both a favor and get the fuck away from me, you stupid hick. I, I love this scene. I do, too, because this seems like like it's as mean as anything that the Commodore said to him, but he's got his best interest at heart. Absolutely. He's trying to save this kid. He is, and he's trying to, you know, it's not just saving this kid, it's also redeeming himself. He, yeah, he, well. especially yeah, like when you go into the Margaret scene after this. Yeah. It's it's Nucky coming to grips with the path that he has taken through life. Yeah. Uh, and where he is now has shown him that maybe that was not the best path. Yeah. He, he's regretting his decisions, and he's trying not to continue making those decisions with whatever time he has left. And I like that. Yeah. Um... And th- this money thing... Uh, you know, we talked about it in I mean, relation that's not to nothing. That's something like twenty thousand dollars in nineteen thirty. That's a lot of money. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's probably the fifty dollars that uh, Nucky found when he was a kid in the hat. More than um, yeah, well, it, it, probably more than that. Yeah. yeah, it's enough to start a new life easy. Sure, uh, but but the point is, he you know he instead of taking the money, mm-hmm. he tried to accumulate this power. Um, and he doesn't – he's saying to this kid, look, it's better to be a plumber. It's better to be – it's better to earn the money in an honest way sure. than to forego the money to accumulate power, which you then have to do these horrible things uh, to to maintain. And that's the other thing is that – Money doesn't get people killed. Well, not only that, but – sand doesn't get people killed. Like Joe thinks he knows what he's in for. Like Nucky thought he knew what he's in yeah. for. Yeah. And then, nope, child slavery. Yeah. Like, there. once you start going down that path, you can't ever stop, no matter what your boss wants to do, no matter what you want to do, no matter what values you try to cling to. Yeah. It's, you know, like, look at Walter White. <laughs> sure. You know, we just got done reca- recapping season one where he's like, I want to make a safe product. I mm-hmm. don't want any rough stuff. There should be no violence. I sh- you know, this should be all... And then look at where he's at at the end of the series. Yeah, yeah. Once you start breaking the law, man, once you start going down that path and forsaking the social contract, there's no real bottom to it. You have to deal with other people. Sure. Um, And Nucky's trying to prevent that for Joe. So we go back to Silver Age Nucky, and we find out Jillian's run off uh, because of something Nucky said, which I don't think so. And he says, did she take anything because she's a thief? And Mabel says she needed the help. And Nucky says, I tried, but I care about you and my family. And that's all that matters. And you can't fix everything, which I'm I'm almost certain he said at least one other time in other he seasons. I, I, maybe in this episode, even. Yeah. I kind of feel like he said that multiple times. Like, that's one of his little mantras. You can't, you uh-huh. can't fix everything. And what do you expect me to be? Um, I don't know. 
Where where is this going? I thought he got the short end of the stick in this scene because I don't think he did say anything to Jillian to make her run off. No. Jillian just assumed that he had not changed his mind about taking him her back to the right. orphanage and so she left. Sure. Uh to avoid that. And yeah, Nucky was going to do the right thing. I think he changed his mind when he had the heart to heart talk does, with Jillian. Does Nucky Okay, because the worst scenario was if Nucky and I kind of thought that's where they're going after last episode where Nucky deliberately captures Jillian as a present for the Commodore. Ugh. Like, that's <laughs> that's the one thing you could do other than joining in on whatever activities the Commodore does. That's yeah. the one thing you could do yeah. to be worse. Uh-huh. Is that on the table? I don't think so. Is he going to be that big of a scumbag? Uh, Why do you have any man, faith? Man, I, I don't know, because w- with the whole... Uh, you know, because here's what Aquaman I, Day or whatever fucking parade <laughs> she's in Neptune's consort, Neptune's consort. <laughs> uh, with whatever parade she's gonna be in, I feel like the Commodore is gonna point and be like, "I want that girl," and Nucky might bring her to him. So here's what I think it's could happen. Creepy. Yeah, and I, I don't know how. I mean, I feel terrible about all this. Yep. But I feel like Nucky is going to be he's he's now wanting to take the Commodore down because he sees how evil he is. Okay. And Jillian is the bait. And he's going to have her looking pretty and he's gonna he's going to um you catch her eye at the Commodore's at, at the Neptune's ball. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be the sheriff. He's going to know he's going to take her back to the apartment or to the, the house, and he's going to know he's going to have his way with her. And he's going to take all of his deputies. He's going to storm the place. And he's going to cause a big scandal, which makes the Commodore abdicate power. Hmm. And that's going to be the thing he gets. That's how he's going to have control of Atlantic City. But that's also, but but it's like I don't. That's kind of how I thought would happen. But and that's terrible. But he's also he's already been complicit in all this stuff. So it's like. Yeah, that's not really falling much further. How does how does he? So he becomes secretary of the treasury because after we know because we know from Jillian's perspective, Nucky saved her. We've we've known that yeah. before from from the show's chronology, and we we get it repeated in this next scene. So maybe he has chops. So the Commodore says, "Hey, grab that girl to to chops." Chops grabs her, brings her in. Nucky notices that and. And swoops in. To well, save the I, day. I think that there might be some more uh, deliberate activity. Like Nucky says, "Hey, the Commodore's got a program for young girls. If you can catch his eye at this Neptune's concert thing or a consort thing <laughs> at this parade, then you can get eligible for mm. it. Knowing that he's going to do that, and he's going to then knowing and catching him in so, flagrant okay. delicano or whatever you, the rat Latin phrase for with massive boner in your pants, <laughs> and that's going to be the political scandal that brings down the Commodore." <laughs> He's not going to get arrested. That's going to be the deal that Nucky works. Like, look, yeah, yeah. You give me this all. You let me take care of this. You can keep your I house. You can keep the... your money. You can keep all that stuff. But I take. I I become the treasurer and I become the real power behind the scenes because huh. we know. Could be. Also, the Commodore never was. When we first meet them, we feel like that Nucky was his protege, and that there was mm-hmm. this graceful transition of power. Then we find out that that was all bullshit. Yeah, Commodore always had a grudge. Didn't like about this this jump this upstart. We see from the past he never respected Nucky. Yeah, but man, that's gross. Sure, that's how I want this epi- This that's how I want this thing to end. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I see that simultaneously like, while well, he's saving Jillian, or maybe saving Joe Harper, or maybe he's saving Margaret. It's like yeah. 
yeah, it goes a little too far with Nucky this episode being so complicit in in these these horrible acts. But if, be like if, if like literally the next time that this happens, he jumps in and saves Jillian with this masterminded plan. Like he he got completely blindsided by what was going on here in this episode. Okay. So I agree he should not have gone gone along with it and he knows exactly what the fuck is going on here. That might be the one time that he allows it. That that he that he allows something he couldn't have prevented at that point to happen. And maybe the, he meant, the horrible shit has already happened. And maybe he meant the timing to that he would swoop in and literally save, but we find out that oh, we know that uh Jillian got pregnant from this. So Yeah, so maybe it's he's a, too late. He, 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 he intended it to be something to bring this and maybe that's shit, man. I don't know. Like maybe, it's already too late to save the girl that was in the room this time. But I'm going to bring this fucker down. I'm going to yes, I'm going to take her back to her mother, get her in the proper conditions again. But this guy oh. is going down. So what if Mabel has like, do we know for sure that she delivered it? Because because the one thing I could see him taking the eye off the ball, if I try to make him be good guy Nucky, and he's, yeah, yeah. he's bringing this guy down, <laughs> he's setting fire to this whole thing. It's uh-huh. like if Mabel's in the middle of a miscarriage. Or he gets wrapped up in the hospital, and now like Jillian gets selected. prevents him from helping Jillian. Jillian gets selected, he's, he's muscling up, and oh, then man. she goes to the hospital, delivers premature. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. It could be. It could be. That could kind of make everything better, because now it's like, I never was in on this. There's nothing he could have done at, the, at this stage. Yeah, yeah. That, that girl's already damaged. I'm yeah. now going to make sure this never happens again. Sure. And then his desire, his... And it makes perfect sense with him developing this kind of master plan in his head. Because that's what Nucky does. To rest power, yeah. He's the planner. So he's not going to react immediately and get himself killed or something in in the scenario where the girl's already been hurt. Yeah. He's just taking her back to her mother. That's not what Nucky does. No. He he thinks of a way to work this all into his favor. Well, not only that, but it feels like he's always tries to be a, a decent guy, too. It does. It so does. Maybe that's why. Well, maybe maybe we just cracked the code, man. I could get behind I, I that. So. I hope so. That would definitely make me feel better about what went down in this episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we get to the end, and there's a scene where he just reads Jillian's letter, and it's very kind of sound and fury, William yeah. Faulkner stream of consciousness, where the the narratives kind of run into each other, and we see mm-hmm. from Jillian's perspective where she's just in this this ball of disgusting hell. And it's torture, and um, you know, she's, and she's going crazy. She's, she's going, going crazy, crazy, and she's place. trying to escape, and she then gets the, loomed the, over by this bear shadow. The, at the, end. the letter itself is a progression of her going crazy, right? She says, "Like I don't know if any of this makes sense. Like I can't tell anymore. They've hmm. got me going so crazy here." Sure. Yeah, I, I absolutely love this montage. It's fantastic. I hate it when I first saw it, but I <laughs> it's very artfully done. And I, I again, I have to see what they do next week. Yeah, yeah. Next week, this is not a fatal misstep. If and then maybe they'll come up with even something more ingenious. But this episode, I don't know, man. I'm very nervous. I hope they 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 <laughs> they, they, they work it out. Um, but a lot of this is going to really really fucking annoy me if it goes as bad as I I think. Maybe they can turn it around. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I like that this is 
So why don't you? The, the thing that Nucky regrets the most about his life, sure. I think, I, I is get... how Jillian got into the clutches of the Commodore. And this scene is really nailing that home. I'm super curious about why I had such a strong reaction and so many others. Like our feedback is four to one um, about hating the episode or thinking it was rushed versus – and really the only notable people that kind of dissented were Stephanie B.A. and and D.C. or D.N. at this point. And Jim J. And Jim J., which (laughs) all three long-term bald move – you've played your part. A a little. (laughs) I send in Um, feedback. But, you know, a lot of people had the same reaction to mine. It's like, Jesus Christ, what have I been on this ride for? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I'm. It would be really awesome if they can somehow. But but I I I really like to explore why you. Like did you never like Nucky? Like why did you have no problem? No. Like what? Uh, and I'm I, not saying this is a felt... well made episode, but why emotionally do you think it didn't devastate you or or, or depress you in the way it did me and a lot of others? Because I, I think it felt like uh, Nucky is not necessarily doing anything bad here. I mean, he is. Well, defend if, that, number one. He's taking a girl back to her mother. A girl who is clearly damaged and could and would have some good done by being returned to her parents. That's all he's really actually doing in this. Yeah, he's helping the Commodore by doing this. And we but... don't even know how he executes that. Sure. Uh, but all he's been charged with is take this girl back to her mother. So I don't think that that in itself is a bad act. And and with him, like, his head's got to be swimming there. You can see it. Uh, oh, yeah. He's like, what exactly is happening here? I think he knows exactly what happened. Um, like, when that door opens and you see that girl, you can just see him, like, Fuck. Yeah, and, and combine that with the sheriff resigning in front of his face moments earlier. The man he probably respects yeah. the most in his entire life. So I, I think the the thing that he does that's bad here is not just call bullshit on the whole thing. Is not just bring this to an end right then and there. Yeah, like throw I the badge. Do this or pin the badge on Whitlock's fucking stupid head. Yeah, you're going. You're going Say, into fuck jail. Fuck your discretion. Like, I am cuffing you right here and now. We are getting in my car and you are going to prison. But he's got no evidence other than the girl's posture that anything untoward has happened. That's the thing. What can he really do at do this point? Do you think we'll have a conversation between him and this little girl next episode? Uh, I feel like the conversation would be more likely to happen between him and the Commodore, really. Uh, That'd be playing his hand. I think he knows what's happened here. Yeah. He's got to no. know. Yeah. Uh, so his assumption, I don't think he wants to talk about it with this girl. I think he's going to make some assumptions which are correct. Uh, so... I, I guess it all comes down to that, right? Like, I didn't think he was doing anything. He, his silence made him a little complicit. I agree with that. Uh, probably more than a little. And, and But you at know, this point, there's nothing to be done about it. So if there if this is all part of a plot to bring down the Commodore, bring down this evil man, it kind of ties into Lin... I, I still don't know why Lindsay threw him to the wolves. Uh-huh. Maybe it was a test of his character. But it goes down to Lindsay where he taught this boy short-term goals versus long-term goals. Yes, I could take your old man and I can throw him in the drunk tank. Yeah. And I could bring him on charges, but I eventually have to let him go. And then what are you going to do? Uh, or yeah. 
you can do this thing you can do this thing and and become kind of like a powerful man in your own right and long term solve the problem put your old you know get really solve the underlying problem of your family yeah so maybe this is going to be some natural evolution to his character where the short term thing would be arresting the commodore yeah, which he would eventually bury. He's got lawyers. He would disp- I mean, it would just it would ruin Nucky. Whereas the long term plan is to make sure this never happens again. May, uh, may, there, there could be a way they could salvage that, and that would be kind of brilliant. I think so, and I don't want to say that that's all there. We're yeah. making a lot of assumptions. Sure. We're speculating a sure, hell sure. of a lot. Sure. Uh, and so I think Nucky is meant to look bad in this episode. Um. The, the reason I didn't hate this episode is because it has some moments of absolute brilliance. I think the stuff with Jillian at the end is just and the way the ice so incredibly filmed and so so well done that I ignore a lot of the weaker points of this episode. It annoyed annoyed me because I just I wasn't prepared for the how montagey this episode was altogether. And I'm like, oh fuck, yeah, another yeah. fucking montage. <laughs> and then they're trying to be arty. The last shot, I, like I the, saw the last the- shot with Jillian did connect. It's incredible. It's and, incredible. And the way, and the other thing I forgot to mention is like they did a lot of like really long hallway shots of Nucky as set apart from Mabel, as set apart from Jillian to show the isolation oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and the kind of like the different paths that Nucky has right here in his face, and and, and huh. the way yeah. they framed the little girl. They did a lot of all. They did, they pulled out all the tricks in cinematography to amp up the isolation and the conflict and the dilemmas here. Yeah, and I, I look at, like, the montage in this episode, and Walking Dead had a montage in its episode. Mm-hmm. You gotta have a montage. Even Rocky uh, had a montage. And I feel like this was just done so much better. Oh, yeah. So much better. Like, people slow-mo walking is kind of cool, but when you when you take it and you make a montage meaningful... Um, in a way beyond just like this person is learning a skill real fast or or over time rather. Well, let me let me put it this way. Mm-hmm. We had a gangster montage of this war, and we come back to Nucky and and Maranzano. And we have we don't know how much time's passed. But we had no we had no doubt in our mind that time had passed. Yeah, Walking Dead. We're about to record this podcast. We're gonna have a big debate about how much fucking time's passed. How do we know that? Eight minutes? Where are they? Eight months? How long have they been walking? Yeah. There's no fucking evidence. This yeah. isn't TV. This is HBO, man. This is what you expect. You're absolutely right. Uh, that slogan <laughs> has never been more relevant to me. Uh, I, The montage has meant something. The montage has told us so much about these characters, uh, even more than just the passage of time. There, there was... I mean, in Jillian's montage, we can see her, her mental anguish, her slowly going crazy and you see all the other stuff going on like you know we we we, we and, and again it's the stew theory right you you knew you, the girl saying not my teeth the the girl coming yeah. back with a big scar the research we've done into dr what's his fuck i can't remember his name uh love something dr Wolfface. dr Wolfface. lovecraft hp <laughs> wolfcraft Loveface. uh it all comes together in the knowledge, and and it makes that montage more effective because yeah. it's it's a it's it's it, and it's also a nice bookcase of a a montage of paranoia. We mm. opened up with the montage of paranoia. The bookend, not the bookcase. The book, the whole bookcase would be like <laughs> that's why. The, like I talk a lot stew. of shit, but I if I wrote scripts for Hollywood, <laughs> it would be a horror show. <laughs> what is he talking about bookcasing and that? What the fuck? 
Um, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I. You're right. It's um, from a literary and a artistic standpoint. This episode is structured impeccably. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Uh, there there are a few things. I I don't even know that I I liked. I like the tension in the scenes with the the confrontation on the road between Nucky and Luciano sure. and Lansky. Uh, I like the tension there. I don't think I liked all the the logistics of it. Uh huh. Um, there there are weak points in this episode, but you know the stew of this episode is tasty. Yeah, and again, I mean, obviously, I've, I've been we've been talking about this episode for an hour and a half already. We haven't got. I know. Feedback. I know. I love this show. Yeah. And I don't that's the thing, like it's just like breaking bad. I don't usually get this worked up about uh stuff unless I love it. And this is one mm-hmm. of my favorite shows and I just I in my bones I want it to to just just nail it. It might. One more episode. Yeah. Let's see what happens. <sighs> Are we ready to We're done. Yeah. Try try to do some some uh, bill paying here. Yeah, we're we're totally done. Uh I feel like I need a shower and a smoke and a shave and a pancake before I talk about this. But you're I got like, like a I, I know. I just, I am. I'm, I've got rumpled suit, bags <laughs> my, under my eyes. Has my beard grown out yet? <laughs> um, rub some ashes in. It'll be okay. Okay. So I feel like that I'm just blown away at how generous some of our fans are. We, we had some really Holy generous shit. fans that brought, I, I was thinking this was going to come for weeks from now. But we hit our Patreon goal last week of bringing forums. Yeah. Which I'm so excited because these forums are going to unlock a lot of things on Subbable. It's going mm-hmm. to allow us to do a lot of interesting things as far as fan-sourced material. Um, yeah. and It's going to be my key to actually talking with the fans because Twitter, no, yeah. not not cutting it, man. Yeah, you, you drew the short straw on Twitter when I, I did. got Facebook as my corner. Yeah. And you're going to be taking some of that stuff back. Uh, we we're gonna have forums. We actually just bought the stuff and we bought the software yesterday. We in or uh, Sunday, mm-hmm. you were working on it on the car ride on the way home from Atlanta. Yeah, we we did some configuration. We're hoping to get that set up um, sometime early next week, and um, it's all due to your your, your guys' support. Yeah, um, we were like, when we hit four hundred bucks, we'll start setting this thing up. Sure, and to we just be ready to click the button and launch it on five hundred. Yeah, no. and and you, you guys uh, just surprised with your generosity. So uh, thank yeah. you for that. We're we're scrambling to make that happen. Um, something we're both really excited about. Next level is going to be something that is kind of works in synergy with the forums, where we're going to hit hit if if we get to a thousand dollars per month pledge, we'll be doing a crowdsourced um, commission podcast. We'll be able to vote. We'll have a a monthly vote where people can say what television show or what movies they want us to cover, and we'll take the top ten and we'll let people vote on it, and we'll do that podcast. Whatever you guys want. It could be something awesome. It could be something terrible. Mm -hmm. It could go any way. And I've really enjoyed the stuff on Subbable, but now it's going to be something that you can kind of uh, spread it across several people. Find out how you can be a part. We're, we're doing a lot of fun things. We car- uh, Last Thursday, we carved pumpkins live <laughs> on the air. That was a ton of fun. Yeah, um, We These... got some other surprises we're going to be doing. Uh, we're doing that once a week where we call it Lunch with Jim and Aaron, where me and, and Jim just get together and, and we do weird stuff. We talk about stuff. Um and you can get live access to our podcast. Like, if you want the most instant take you can get for The Walking Dead, you got to get on Patreon because you can actually yeah. hear it. Like, within five or ten minutes of the episode, we're recording it. You can hear it. There are people watching this right now. 
there are people watching this us us podcast this guess right what now. you're not <laughs> uh also you wouldn't be hearing us talk about all this pimping bullshit if you had True. if you had a, a patreon level because we get we have an ad free feed for you unless you're subscribing at the highest level and watching the live feeds and then you get it then, then you get <laughs> then, then for, just... for the extra dut we kick you right in the crotch and yeah. make you listen to it live sorry guys but at least you get to watch us do it you do um Maybe you can take a bathroom break on this hour and a half extravaganza uh, episode. Stop stroking the pumpkin. You're creeping me out. Whoa, is that a euphemism? (laughs) Stroking the pumpkin? It's my My... studio's pumpkin. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, I kind of want to write lyrics to that. Yeah, yeah. It's always goopy and full of seed. Uh, so go to patreon.com slash baldnerd to see how you can get into the insanity. We still got pay, uh, we still got subbable. Don't sleep on subbable.com slash baldmove because there's going to be some synergy with that in the forums um, mm-hmm. that we'll, we'll be talking about more in the upcoming weeks. Uh, Amazon always is, wor- is it helps us out. Again, it's still over a third of the way we uh, get our money to pay the bills, buying stuff. Christmas is coming. Last two seasons, I've done all my Christmas shopping on Amazon. It's awesome. It's quick. It's convenient. If you're a Prime member, it's it's free shipping. If you're a Prime member, you get a lot of HBO content. You can watch The Wire for free. You can watch Sopranos for free. So yeah. much good stuff. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, so many ways you can support us. Go to support.baldmove.com to find out all those ways. I think I did a pretty good job pimping. Yeah, that's it. Well, I think we gave the people what they needed to hear. Let's get the feedback. It's uh, it's not pretty, Jim. The feedback. I, I'm gonna be talk. I, I feel like I've I you've talked me off the ledge. Okay. And now together we're going to run this ledge talking hotline. Right. We're gonna be building fences under the Golden Gate to catch people, Golden uh-huh. Gate Bridge to catch people. Uh, before that happens, though, Jesse K. He sent this in right before the episode started. He wanted to get this theory in place. He said, "I just came up with a prediction. Number nine will turn out to be Jimmy's son, and Nucky's original sin will return to kill him." He'll think oh, he man. is safe, and the kid will off him. There will be a flashback to Silver Age Nucky giving Jillian over, which will lead to Jimmy being born, which in turn caused the man that just killed him to be born. Um, what do you think of that, the original theory coming to off him? It's it's kind of poetically awesome. Uh, I, it is. Yeah, I, I like that theory a lot. I don't see how logistically they pulled it off in a single episode where a lot of other stuff has to happen as well. I like the theory... Honestly, it's going to change how I, if if they go down that path with Nucky just being complicit with this child porn ring, this yeah. child slavery ring, uh-huh. it's going to really change how I feel about the series. Yeah, yeah. To the extent that I don't even really, I'm, I might not ever rewatch it. Yeah, I I don't I don't know that I need to rewatch Boardwalk. Uh, I like it. Boardwalk is a show that I. I would love to rewatch. It's one of those things, Godfather, where like if I saw it on television, I'd sit and watch it. But it, well, it, I would yeah. be so disgusted at that point. I don't know that I could do that. I wouldn't turn it off, but I don't know that I'd sit down <laughs> and rewatch a hundred plus hours of television. Uh, that that is Boardwalk Empire. Right. There are other series I I need to watch still. <laughs> sure. Uh, Randy G said the realization that Silver Age Nucky sold his soul in exchange for the young girl is disheartening. Though Mr. White, talking about Breaking Bad, of course, ended up as a blight on the permanent record of humanity, there's a lot of gray. Pimping a prepubescent girl like an achievement from Subbable is a move too dark, even for a show in which we've been cheering for the antihero. To be clear, 
No prepubescent girls on subable. That is not a reward option. That is no. not a reward level. Uh-huh. We repudiate all such such suggestions. Yes. Um, I wish there was a reward level where you could actually save. Because that's the thing. Like, this shit's real. Oh, Child yeah. slavery happens around the world, man. We should uh, add a reward level where you can adopt a child. We We will take the money that you send us and we will send it to whatever those infomercial things are man that's the thing like that's that's the thing about foster children and adoption yeah on the one hand it would be nice if we could just put these kids in parents hands but on the other hand there was a reason we really vet the shit out of this mm-hmm. and it's yeah anyway um uh so what do you say to randy g here is nucky are are, are, are we going to try to sell him on nucky's actually going to try to take the commodore down the do no do no harm theory. The harm's already been done. Yeah. Nucky sees this, sets his square jaw and all of his misshapen teeth, and bends, <laughs> he can't set that jaw. And, Come on, <laughs> and bends all of his gray matter to taking this man down. Yeah, is that the hope we're selling to Randy? I hope so. I hope so. I don't know how to sell it to Randy. Like if we haven't sold it by now, I don't know what else I can say that might sell it. Jill K says, supremely disappointed with this penultimate episode. Oh. The story seems sloppy and rushed. Nearly all actions seem out of place and poorly acted. Some of them. In such contrast to poorly the rest acted. of the season. Who, who was poorly acted? Uh, Whitlock. That's it. Oleander or whatever she the fuck She says nearly all. Is. How is that possible? The Silver Age Nucky part seemed to dangle annoyingly on the edge of what we've already been anticipating. And if this is the last we see of Joe Harper, it will have been a disappointing red herring. Do you agree with that? I kind of do Joe agree Harper with that. Joe Harper exits, yeah. and we never see him again, disappointed. Uh, I, in some ways, I agree with that, because we had built up this expectation that Joe Harper might be Tommy Darmody. And, sure. Like, these, and, these lots, grand... and, and, and not like we're just reading tea leaves. There's some deliberate oh, yeah. things, some, some indications. Like last he year, kind of like him. Last week when he was you know ga- gasping like a landed fish on a dock about yeah. people mentioning his parents being from Atlantic City, just as a joke to me... Uh-huh. And the fact that they, they also – I forgot to mention this in the gloating scene with Lucky and Myers. They mention about what to do ultimately about Atlantic City. Like they're going to go ahead and roll that up. And they said, well, we got the man on the inside. Yeah. The only not, guy I know that's that's been on the inside is Joe. Yeah. So maybe he's not Darmody. Maybe he's just a kid that they've recruited to play on Nucky's soft spots. He could be. I I don't know. I mean, if, if he's not, we have built him up to be this super important piece of the puzzle. Um, it could also be the case that he is just there to be a reflection of young Nucky in modern times sure. and, and a way for Nucky to redeem himself in the slightest of, of ways. Uh, yeah, little 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 to, underutilized yeah, and yeah. over-screened, if that's the case, in my opinion. I think so. So... So if it turns out that he is not Tommy Darmody and there is nothing like super spectacular, this is the last time we see him, it is disappointing, I think, but it is not just a complete waste. Okay. I think it reflects on who Nucky has become and who he was the same way that the flashbacks do. Okay. Um, moving on to who's next? Uh, Julie in. I felt frustrated and annoyed this whole time. Who is this dude? What is this story about? I felt like some things were rushed, but then other times they slowed to make it dramatic and it just made me roll my eyes, especially at the end of Jillian reading the letter and how they repeated parts of it over and over. Too much in some parts and not enough in others. 
what is this about? I can tell you exactly what this is about. Here's the thing. That's how I felt the first time I watched it. And I wonder how yeah, many of yeah. these people, disappointment in Nucky, mm-hmm. translated in disappointment into the episode. This story is about a man who starts as a sheriff and ends up a toothless. <laughs> well, no, he's got plenty of tooth. <laughs> no, he's no, no, long no, in no, tooth. No, no. no, toothless, uh, homeless, scraggly bearded, disgusting human being. This story is about Eli, really. I mean, this this whole thing is about Eli's fall <laughs> from you like George Lucas talking about Star Wars. This is actually yeah. all, about, all, all about Anakin. As soon as this is all about R two D two. Let me puff out my neck. As, yeah. soon, as soon as you see the prequels, it just will all become clear. <laughs> I've had this all in my spiral notebook for years. Fuck that! What? <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. It's about the the devolution of a man. <laughs> Um, uh, sorry, sorry. What was the question again? What was the the real point of that email? I, I there's lots of others making it pretty much the same point. Who's this? I think she's talking about Bugsy. And it let, let, let's let's go on to another because there's lots of this same. Um, okay, so we're gonna ignore her. Why? Well, uh, we're gonna move on. I wouldn't to... say to ignore it. Stacey H kind of has okay, a middle of the road email. We're gonna pile on the the shit. No, this is middle of the road. Stacey H. I guess I'm in the minority here because I kind of liked it. Wasn't yeah. my favorite. It was kind of rushed, but I don't think it was bad. Hmm. I read a bunch of the real-life history recently and has made me more interested in the late, Lucky Lansky stuff than I might have been otherwise. It did amuse me that they had to have a whole scene reminding us who Bugsy Siegel was. I think that's what Julia was talking about. Like, who is this character? I had no fucking clue who Bugsy was until that scene where they established that he is Bugsy Siegel. He's the third man. What? I didn't. I didn't remember that. You didn't that. recognize him? No, fuck no. Oh, I like, did. Lucky I didn't have the and Myers has been front and center in this show since the beginning. Sure. This Bugsy guy has always been some annoying... I, I, I didn't know that either. The fact that we came back seven years and he was an equal partner was shocking. Okay. And they only had All that right. one scene yeah. where he also was floating in the other guy that, you know, that Nucky got his revenge on for... Uh, shit. Billy... King, was it Billy King? Billy? No, that's a tennis player. No, I don't know. But you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. the really cute kind of flapper girl. Uh huh. And the bombing. That I just felt like it was a mess on that side. I kind of agree that they needed that scene reminding us who this guy was, or else if he'd just been kidnapped and we didn't have the whole scene of him fucking the wife and him like, oh, you're Bugsy Siegel, you're famous, you're a big time gangster. Let me have your autograph. I would be Maybe. like, yeah. Why the fuck does Lucky care? Here's the thing, though. I always viewed them, and I don't know if maybe I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Maybe I gave them too much importance, but I always viewed them as a trio where Lansky and Luciano were way more important than Bugsy. But he was still part of the guys running this plan. When did he join their gang? Was he in? It there must from... have been over seven, over the seven year break. Because I don't remember him from the other seasons. I'm yeah, not saying me that either. he wasn't there. Yeah, but I just don't remember him. Sure. So I, I understand why people, you know, were like, who the fuck is this guy? Alex F. said, I liked it. Things are moving fast, and that feels jarring since Boardwalk usually takes uh, many, uh, longer to set up. Yeah. I've enjoyed every episode this season. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. This is the first one I've had quibbles on. Well, I guess the first one, because that's just me being weird. And I like the things, the way things are tying up, but I can't help thinking we'll remember Boardwalk Empire is a show that had three very good seasons. One all-time great fourth one, followed by an extended epilogue. That. Had one really good season, followed by two mediocre ones, 
followed by one really awesome one and a fifth season which remains to be seen. Don't quibble with Alex, Jim. <laughs> I that's my biggest fear. What? That this is just going to be a footnote. This is going to be that, that my series? biggest fear is that this is season five of five of the wire. Oh, oh. Like I can do a very like an good epilogue. Jo- I can do a very good job defending season five of the wire. But mm-hmm. I look inside myself, the wire was over in season four. Yeah, you know it's not as good. No. You know it's not as good. It's not as good. It it I think David Simon was too close to subject material. Mm. Um and I and again, I, I've said this many times, if the wire ended at the end of season four, nothing could be better than it. You could approach it, you uh-huh. could equal it, but you couldn't exceed it. Season five is it's Breaking Bad season two. It's where it opens itself uh, up for mm-hmm. pretenders to the throne, and I'm really worried this this final season is going to be that for Boardwalk. Yeah, I don't I don't think Boardwalk is is as good as The Wire or Breaking Bad or well, it's in my or top, even, top five. So fuck you, or even one. can be even if it executes <laughs> perfectly on this fifth season. I, boardwalk's just not that show to me right um but that's personal opinion um dana l says i really hope next week makes up for this week this episode left me wanting more but on the bright side i am thinking about this episode which i find to be somewhat of a good sign i i'm now looking forward to next week's episode when yeah. i started this podcast i was dreading it so i'm with you there uh diana I might have said Dana. I'm I'm getting progressively drunker through the episode, so <laughs> cut me some slack. Mike J said, "I'm just going to say it. This is the worst. This is this the this worst. is the worst, and we're gonna we're gonna start going into positive territory. The worst as compared to what? This is the worst feedback. Oh, the worst feedback. I'm just going right. to say it. This episode sucked. I love Boardwalk, <laughs> but this episode proves the writers rushed this final season. People who complain that previous seasons take too long with the setup should now realize that this is what happens when they don't follow their formula. <laughs> First, I didn't like it the couple of times they had montages of mom vic- mob victims with cheesy music in the background. There's something about that that felt lazy. That wasn't cheesy music. That was awesome. Then when Lucia- Luciano captured Nucky's nephew, I thought the episode would be Nucky finding a way to kill Maranzano and safely retrieving him. Then within like 10 minutes, they've walked in pretending to be agents with warrants and killed him. His nephew was returned safely and back to work at the end of the episode. I thought the scene where Jillian was reading the letter was the worst scene in the history of the show. It was oh my so God. repetitive, so lazy. They haven't built up the personal relationships between Nucky and her for that scene to be emotional. Am I, I kind of agree with that. Am I getting trolled? No, I kind of agree with that last point. They that, hadn't that built her up enough to for us to care. Jillian has been a minor pain in Nucky's side for many seasons. But but we know what's happening with young Nucky, with Silver Nucky. I'm just saying that that scene. Imagine if they had always had this tragic history and this kind of affection. That Nucky knows okay. is that the Nucky alone knows she sees him as a savior and he knows what a shitbag he is. And that tension's yeah. been building. That reaching across those decades and saying, please help me, would be devastating. You're right. And it's just okay. You're right. You're right. It doesn't hit as hard as it could if we had had a little more uh, See that, in- Mike, info. I, I went to bat for you. I yeah. rested a You're Right from Jim Jones for you. Uh, no, he's not totally right. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, this episode no, was fucking I'm, awesome. Hey, that montage is hey, amazing. I'm only halfway done. <laughs> we, we still got some 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 miles of dirt road to, to navigate. Okay. Um, 
they haven't built up the personal relationship between Nucky and her for that scene to be emotional. Then they throw in the last scene where she looks right to the camera and says, help me. All these stories could have been awesome if they told over a normal 12-episode season. And even if you hate Mickey Doyle, you should be upset with the lazy way they killed him. Even that character wouldn't be dumb enough to walk out and open his mouth at that moment. Oh, yeah, he would. Yeah, I disagree. Yeah. I, I don't got your back on that one, Mike. <laughs> um, you'd have to give me like 15% and three clubs if you want me to go stand yeah. beside you on that dirt I, road. I, I'm going to call bullshit on any sentence that has the words not dumb and <laughs> Mickey, Mickey Doyle, Doyle. in it. <laughs> Um, Sorry. <laughs> it's like the writer said that since historically died this year, they needed to kill him quick. I almost wish they'd abandoned historical accuracy and killed Bugsy. God, is he uh. annoying. I'm done <laughs> ranting. I pray they don't lay a turd next season, but I'm not hopeful. Next episode. Next yeah. episode, yes. Next week, he actually said. Okay. A lot I agree with. A lot I would have agreed with more on Monday morning. Uh-huh. And a lot that I'm just like, just, just. You might be right, Mike. This could be a total shit show. Uh-huh. But this is Terrence Winter. I've let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Just one more week. It's not going to kill us, right? No. That's no, the probably here. not. Yeah. It might it might. It might kill Eli. It Eli, might kill the Eli. Stress. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm wondering. I meant to talk cuz but we've gone so long. Yeah. Christ, where is Eli's arc end up at mm. this? Uh, so last we saw Eli, he was just concerned with getting Will safe. Will is now safe. He just goes off and becomes a hobo, I think. He, he, he gets uh, the stick, he gets the handkerchief. Just a hobo code. Yeah. I don't know why he wouldn't just become a he hobo. He is the hobo that stopped his... by Don Draper's house as a boy and wrote the nasty message about Don Draper's father. Here's the thing. Do you think he can go back to his family at this point? Because Nucky doesn't have any power anymore if he gives away everything to Luciano. Nucky can't give him money because he probably doesn't have money unless this Mayflower thing is just fucking huge. Do you think, is June the type of girl, the type of woman, Mm -hmm. that would take a man back with that kind of provocation? Or is she the type to be like, fuck you, I don't need you? We saw their relationship last episode, and it seemed to be yeah until, fairly rosy until uh, Igri- until the yeah the 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 drunken sex uh, with yeah. Ben Alden's wife came out. Well, she doesn't know all the background on that. He got carted away by federal agents. She went yeah. back to Atlantic City, thinking he's a cheating low life. Yeah, <laughs> which he is low life. Yeah, at this point, she doesn't know about the kind of car wreck, horse carriage, industrial accident, sex. That him and Eli had, that that Egret and that's Egret Seagrid, yeah, Seagrid and Eli, Eli had. Sure, Seagrams and Eli got it on. Seagrams I... and Eli get it on every night. <laughs> yeah, seven and seven, baby. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He might try to go back to his family. All right, I, I'm kind of wondering to see where because I would like. I would like for them somehow to redeem Nucky or have him be much more of a tragic villain than just a shit heel mustache twirling yeah. get ahead by any I would like to see how daughter's doing. I'd like to see e- how Eli's doing. I'd like to see how Willie's doing. You want to see anything with Capone? See how he's uh, I know down, what happens or? to Capone. Okay. Li- so that was the end of Capone. Capone Capone, just... Capone is syphilis syphilis cocaine and eventually Alcatraz. Yeah. So I I know, and I think that's not a spoil. I'm pretty sure fucking everybody knows about that. I would hope so. Um, I kind of I kind of want to see Joe Harper. I want to know what's up with him, and that's okay. it. 
I, and Margaret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are the things I want him to hit on, and we'll see how they do. Um, our, um, James F. says, definitely something offbeat about this episode. Did it suck? Eh, maybe not. Was it good? Eh, can't say that either. <laughs> Overall average, which is less than what's required for the second to last episode of the series ever. Hmm. RJD said, this episode feels disjointed at best, rushed like all hell, and I know Jillian was saved by Nucky in the past, which was stated in past seasons, but this arc now feels like it's shoehorned into the end. Why? Really? You just trust Lucky and Lansky to do the honorable thing during the exchange? If there ever was a time to have the famous fan favorite sniper at the exchange, <coughs> Mr. Harrow, <coughs> that was it. Oh, by the way, to make the great Cuban assassin Archie go down as if he tripped and landed on a bullet to his face? Bullshit. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah. Nucky misses Richard Harrow. Harrow. I, I feel like, okay, yeah, Richard Harrow was awesome. Uh, you're, you're not, you're not even gonna have Archie be that awesome of a character. Uh, I feel like people are fundamentally misunderstanding why they're doing the Jillian stuff, though. I kind of agree. This flashback Nucky stuff is not to show us what happened necessarily with Jillian, because we already kind of know. We know the broad strokes. From her perspective, sure. Yeah. It's to show us what kind of person Nucky was when he started, how he became corrupted, and now why he feels so regretful about those things. This is this is about the modern-day Nucky, the Golden Age Nucky's transformation back into a guy who gives a shit. Mm. Like, I, people are looking at it like... This is a waste of time because we know what happened with young Nucky. No, we need to see exactly what happened so that we can relate that to why things, why Nucky in the future is changing into the guy he is now. Stephanie B.A. comes out swinging. She's got a 38 special in one hand and a, a straight razor in the other. She says, y'all crazy. This episode was the goodest yeah, I want to watch it six times just for the Siegel Luciano phone call. Honestly, I'm not sure what could please this tough crowd, but that letter is so heartbreaking. Not because Jillian yeah. and Nucky are close, but because of the nature of their connection. She's reaching out in desperation to the man who sold his soul by pimping her out. Everything he had and lost pivoted on that act. Now he has nothing but a chance to redeem himself in some way by helping her. Cat M says, I was quite moved by Jillian's backstory and her letter to Nucky. I hope he redeems himself in this regard. And D C uh, Nee in says, <laughs> I, What? She's changed her name. She's DC changed her name. She's gone incognito, incognito on us. Okay. I love this episode. I don't much care about Luciano and Lan- Lan- Luciano and Lansky's shenanigans. I don't, I can't believe my favorite cockroach died in so unspectacularly. <laughs> Poor Mickey, always a side note. I think that giving the uh, the telling of the Nucky Jillian origin story is brilliant. All my feelings are upside down. We always knew that Nucky had given her to the Commodore, but we forgave him or overlooked it because we only knew the self-serving adult Jillian. And I'm not I'm a bit disgusted with myself for how willing I've been all this time to let this slide so I could like Nucky. I definitely am on board with that. But yeah, but seeing- I'm, I'm pressing the pause button on that till next episode. But seeing her as a vulnerable child, ugh, Nucky, how could you? I'm so pre-sad for next week, I don't want it to end. I'm pressing the pause button, man, because he didn't deliver the child into the Commodore's yeah, no. arms. Yeah, he you... took her away. 
yeah, you, you, you've, you've, uh, you've talked me into that. I think, I think we've, you've done good work here, Jim. This has been a <laughs> fucking long episode. It has. I feel like it's been fun though. It's, 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 yeah. I mean, what else do you do? It's the, la- it's the second to last episode of Boardwalk. We had a lot of stuff to talk through. Mm-hmm. Hope maybe we've given the fan base a hope for next week, and maybe they won't kick it out from underneath us. Uh. But we might not want Boardwalk to end. This podcast is ending, and it's ending now. <laughs> if you'd like to give us feedback, uh, please do so at boardwalk at baldmove.com. Of course, I will have the live rewatch or the live thread watch on Facebook at facebook.com slash baldmove. God damn it. Walking Dead, i got to watch it live so I can do the live cap. But it's going to – it's really going to hurt. It's really going to sting next week. Why? Because I, I I really want to watch the finale of of, of the see the oh, series finale oh, yeah. of Boardwalk. Nope. And I gotta watch Walking Dead. <sighs> but but be there with for your with your fellow fans to give them some support and aid and comfort maybe. Mm-hmm. And I'll be batting clean up, and we'll have the uh, the the season the series finale recap all the action next week on next Tuesday. Yeah, I'm hoping it'll be awesome. Before we go, uh, we recorded a little interview with our friend Jesse from the Personal Arrogance podcast, uh, one of our Bald Move family members. And he's got a business venture that he's got through Kickstarter. He's trying to kickstart a brewery. We checked in with him right at the beginning of the campaign, six, seven weeks ago. He's a lot farther into it. He's almost at the uh, the, the final milestone. Want to do a check-in and let you go, uh, make you guys aware of uh, the awesome thing he's trying to do. And without further ado, we'll get right to Jesse. Until next time, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See See you guys then. We have been friends for a long time now. I think we first came in contact around episode 20-ish, 23, 24-ish of uh, Personal Arrogance. Yeah, it was definitely way back then. And and, and you're up to like 218, 219 now. I mean, that's almost four years. Yeah, yeah. We've been best internet buds. We've met up in real life quite. We actually plan vacations around all of our availability so we can get together and play board games and drink beers. It's not an exaggeration to say you're one of my best in real life friends at this point. Um, Definitely. And as long as I've known you, you've been passionate about one thing, and that is the the suds and the buds and the brews. What? Yeah, suds and buds are my number one and number two favorite things. So <laughs> yeah. my buds do rank after beer. I would I would have to give up my friends before I gave up beer. Uh, and uh, you and, and I remember you got your starts at a brewery, and you were kind of like the barrel boy, right? Yeah, I mean, I started at the very um, what's what's the bottom version of tippity top? The bottomiest bottom. I don't know. I'd have to ask Drake. But you started from the bottom. <laughs> Uh, you worked your way up to Master Brewer since I've known you. Uh, I've actually tasted some of your self-made creations, and I've watched you. You know, I remember when I went out to, uh, I think it was maybe the second packs I went out there, you had uh, scraped together, you know, you would cut a keg in half, and you're making a boiler out of it, and you're doing all this Frankenstein shit and, like, taking me through it. And, yeah, and every yeah. time I go out, no, no, actually the first time it's when you were in the Seattle and you were making a beer out of a five gallon bucket in the bathroom. Right, right. Then I went out there and you had the half ke- cut keg with the turkey fryer heating element and all that stuff. <laughs> and every time I go out there, it just gets more and more elaborate. What the hell? Now you're doing a, your own brewery and it's amazing. 
Yeah, I'm trying to kickstart a brewery, and uh, so far we've had a lot of success. We're, I'm trying to raise $30,000, and I'm at $25,700. And you're in the final stretch. we got, what, six days left, five days left? Yeah, um, uh, less than a week, so we're at the home stretch, and we can make this thing a reality, but I still need a bunch of help to uh, kind of push it over the finish line. Yeah, that's the thing. In, in Kickstarter psychology... Uh, and, you know, Jim and I have been through this with a couple of Kickstarters as well. You always have those kind of like people that are on the fence. They're like, oh, that's a great idea. But, oh, wow, there's 28 days left. I'll put, you know, I hit snooze on this. Right. Uh, you're, it's getting to the point where you'll be late for work. <laughs> yeah. Shit won't get done if you hit the snooze button too many more times at this juncture. Yeah. No, there, there's no time to wait. Um, and we have a lot of great backer rewards. Yeah, from... t- t- tell us about the because uh, tell us about the concept of this brewery because it, it, it unites another passion of yours. Right. Yeah. So I'll tell you how to find it. If you go to Kickstarter and search uh, Lovecraft, you'll find it because the name of the brewery is Lovecraft Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I'm a big fan of the author, the prolific short story author H.P. Lovecraft, who was inspired by Edgar Allan Poe, and in turn went on to inspire. A lot of other horror writers, and I'm sure the people who wrote The Walking Dead are familiar with the works of H.P. Lovecraft. And sure, I mean this, this is if you if you don't know the name, you will know this next one, which is Cthulhu, yeah, or so Thulu, Cthulhu or however you pronounce it. Yeah, blowing up lately. Sure, if you've been to a con, uh, any kind of fan con lately, you have you will see a bunch of green winged octopus humanoid figures. That's Cthulhu. He's everywhere. Yeah, he is everywhere because he sl- he sleeps an eternally dead slumber. Sure. Uh, underneath the ocean, uh, yeah. just waiting, biding its time. So we're trying to help bring him back to life. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, to come destroy the Earth, because I, I just want to be on his good side. <laughs> I live by the ocean, so if he does, you know, wake up and uh, decide to come to land, I want to be the guy who says, hey, I, I named my brewery after you. That's right. You're in prime kaiju territory. You have to <laughs> yeah. appease these beasts. I'm in the danger zone. You're right off the Pacific Rim. Yeah. So you, you, so it's it's it, it's lent his namesake to your brewery, uh, but it's also inspired and influenced some of your brews as well. Yeah. So our our flagship beers are the the Elder God, which is a beer de garde, a French style beer. And mm-hmm. uh, I got it. It sort of inspired my methodology of making beer because the the beer de garde is a big beer. It's seven and a half percent, and mm-hmm. um, I like to brew with some funky yeasts to give it funky in a good way to give it like some tart flavor and some interesting characteristics that aren't just, you know, your standard Pacific Northwest IPA. You know, I'm trying to be creative with the stuff. Sure. And I'm trying to make big beers, bold beers, beers that you kind of defy convention. And as uh, my wife Tasha and I like to say that we're brewing insanely good beers. <laughs> it will. You, you will uh, have to roll sanity checks. With every sip. Uh, Exactly. So it wouldn't be a Kickstarter without some cool backer rewards. And this one is no exception. Uh, Tell tell the people what they can get in return for their hard-earned backer dollars, backer bucks. Everyone's going to be included on a founder's list as sort of a thank you just to begin. At, At sort of the bottom, we'll sign one of our coasters and mail it out to you so you have the official signature of me and my wife because that's important mm-hmm. but uh we go all the way up through uh glassware we got great pint glasses growlers through t-shirts hoodies and stuff and all the logo design and everything was done by my best friend eric walquist who does personal arrogance with me and he is just a killer graphic artist and 
he also designed every one of our Kickstarter t-shirts. He is the biz. Yeah, he's the biz for sure. And we came up with this sort of like modernized Art Nouveau, which is sort of a 19th, 20th century French art style that was used in a lot of advertisements that included a bunch of good looking ladies. And so we sort of co-opted that. And instead of just, you know, good looking ladies holding up the, uh, the beer, we decided they should be monstrous and they have like tentacle heads and they're holding the pint of beer up with their tentacles instead of their hands because why not you know yeah it's a lot of fun and then when you get to the upper end of the spectrum of donation you can get hoodies uh we have a bunch of bundles and you can get a a stein a handmade ceramic stein that's uh made by my wife who's a potter badass and yeah at the at the very tippity top you got the ability to come in and do a commercial production run of a beer of your design with me yeah I, I'm just incredibly excited about this thing succeeding. I'm really, ha- I, I'm you know, I'm really pulling for you guys. I really encourage our listeners. If you're a fan of good beer, if you're a fan of HP Lovecraft, if you're a fan of ba- the Bald Move family and personal arrogance, uh, please go to their Kickstarter. They've got a great video. They kind of show off the family. They show off the the beers. You can see Jesse and his wife Tasha enjoying them. It's going to be in the show notes of this here podcast. The one you're listening to right now, pop over to the show notes. I'm going to link to it so you can get to it really easy. I uh, really believe in it. I can't wait to taste some of these HP Lovecraft-inspired brews. Jim and I are backers. We've thrown the, our, our monetary weight behind it. I, I really wish all the best, and uh, I hope you are successful in this final stretch. I just want to let you know, I mean, we're trying to do this truly independent and... The beer's going to be good, for one thing. I am an experienced brewer, so it's not like it's not like I just have this pipe dream and I think everything's going to fall together magically. Your and wife I, is, too. She's got extensive brewing and distilling experience in her own right. Right, and you mentioned distilling because down the, down the line is the possibility that Lovecraft spirits could be a, a thing. I'm, I'm a salivating <laughs> and the head spinning at the thought. Anything else, man? No, I, I, I think we've basically covered it. I just want to say thank you for giving me this platform. <laughs>